Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. This is episode number 44, and my name is Henry. I'm Chloe. <laughs> and uh, so Brayden is coming. This is kind of a frequent uh, situation we have. He is on the way, just dealing with the Chelsea Theater issues. But joining I don't think us. you're supposed to say that, Henry. <laughs> well, or not issues, but logistics, let's say. There you go. But joining us for the, the third week in a row now is Mr. Cooper Murphy. Wow. Frisco. Here I am. Yeah. Round so, three. Yeah. So, Cooper, thanks for coming on again. Yeah. Taking the time. Yeah. Appreciate it. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. good. Had a lot of iced coffee, so I'm ready to talk. I'm buzzed. Well, I'm buzzed. Chloe, you feeling better? Yeah. Kind of. This has like 16 cups of green tea or something, so. I was looking at that. What is that? This is the... Can I some green goo? Just like the like one in a billion cans they hear this, and I get a bunch of free ones. <laughs> it's those rebel matcha things. I drink these like every day. Hmm. I know. I think caffeine doesn't affect me. Really? Because I just down it, and nothing happens. See, I I mean, I drink believe the equivalent of five cups of coffee a day, and every single time I have a sip of caffeine, I'm like off the wall like a child after you eat a bunch of like usually for me coffee taffy or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Laffy taffy. And all the sugar. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't know. I didn't do much this week. Yeah, me neither. But yeah, just a busy, busy work week, I, I guess. But other than that, not much going on, you know. Yeah. Um. I nominated to go to because we have lots of like the kids' pottery classes, uh-huh. and I have one that I like a little more than the other ones. And the also... Timothy one. No, he was just there for camp. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sad now. No, but and there are also way more kids, so I went to that one, even though I was, like, super sick, and I was leaving making, like, trees with faces and stuff, and I think that really confused the chillins. <laughs> hmm. Like, it's a, it's a blank. I was not, I should not have been there, basically. I was, it was like an awake fever dream. Hmm. So, we'll see if anyone comes back on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. We'll check. Make sure uh, to check the next show, and we'll we'll give you updates on that. You know. I saw Danny in another parking lot. My arch enemy. The weird Danny. Arch enemy. You have an arch enemy. I mean, not really. We're friends. Oh. <laughs> I don't really have it. Out of everyone I know, he's the most. I had to live with him for like a week, mm. and it was a disaster. Mm. And I keep seeing him in parking lots. He keeps getting in. <laughs> Why do you have to look That's his them? local hangout, man. <laughs> he keeps getting in different guys' cars. He's a drifter. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, that would explain why I was at your house for a week. It wasn't yeah. my house. Oh, oh. Or his house. Oh, where were you Anyway, huh. <laughs> I was house-sitting where he's a tenant. Oh, okay. Wait, why did you have the house if there's someone already there? <laughs> there are chickens, I had to beekeep, all yeah, kinds okay, of stuff. I don't stuff. even want to know what the situation was. It's chicken Danny house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had more to say, but... I, uh, I'm questioning my, my lactose intolerance. Um, really? I'm lactose intolerant, but I had a, a half a pizza last night. 
And uh, I feel fine. I felt fine. Well, good, man. I just said, F it. I want this pizza. Where was the pizza from? IP3. Italian pizza oh, 3. It's actual cheese. I was going to say it might no, be that's, cheese. No, that's the real deal there. It is. Uh, but I also had like a half a pitcher of beer with it. So maybe that mitigated the effects maybe. of, I don't know if that's how that works at all. Um, but I felt fine. So that's a good thing that's happening in my life. Maybe I can start eating cheese again. Rock on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, maybe. yeah. I'm also lactose intolerant and I have had those. It might just be a lie. They don't, they don't you know? stick. No. I'm thinking maybe it's just super. something that's propagated. <laughs> to, yeah. Well, not even that, you know, like the, the media is trying to tell us that you can be lactose intolerant and they just, they're just trying to take down the cheese industry. Right. Yeah. Except then you think about it and realize Conspiracy. that it makes total sense for humans to be lactose intolerant. Yeah, I guess. Isn't it weird that we drink cow's milk? Of all the animals, yes, <laughs> but like of, think about it, like of all the animals, like why not like pig milk or something? Well, I think cows have to. Do all animals have to dispose of their milk? No, I don't think so. Cows are in pain if they're not. I don't know, Cooper. Yeah, I'm <laughs> let, it, let it go. You know? This this milk conspiracy. I'll get to the bottom of this. We'll check in next week. I'll t- I'll tell you what I dredge up. Do some Wikipedia research. Oh today. yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Why well, I, I don't know if I shouldn't mention it, but they're great, Cooper. You. Don't uh, mention Cooper's business. I'm lactating. You shouldn't mention that. I'm an anomaly. <laughs> uh, Cooper, you may have heard of it from someone. Did you hear of the incident that happened on Monday morning? Oh, yeah. Sorry. You're, you're fine. Oh, he got yeah. too excited. Uh, I didn't hear the it. Number, the number two? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, well. I think I'm good, though. You sure? <laughs> By that. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so there was. <laughs> I want to hear more about this. I just heard whispers of this. At a certain place where we all frequent, um, there was early Monday morning. Very, it was actually a very stressful day, just for a number of reasons. But uh, around eight, no, around like maybe nine thirty, we had a, a customer come up to us or come up to someone and say, <laughs> "There's an issue with the bathroom," and I actually didn't hear the, the whole conversation. Apparently, a customer of some kind, uh, uh, I had to just uh, let loose on the floor, uh, number two style. (laughs) Did you see it? I I didn't see it. You wouldn't check it? No, no, I mean, because we had, whatever, a co-worker had to go, or the assistant manager had to go clean it up, and I offered, like, no, I'll go clean it up, but. He said, you know, no, I'm going to do it, blah, blah, blah. Take the bullet. Yeah. Um, but it was just so strange. Yeah. <laughs> of all the things that, you know, it was just, apparently it was just right there on the floor. Yeah. You have a lot of elderly customers. But, you know. S- still, though. I mean, still. Well, so I thought a lot about this when I heard about it, because I didn't get any of the details. Good, I just good. heard there was an incident this morning, this happened. And at first, my first thought was, uh, was this little, some little prankster went in there and, and, and did it. But then at 9, 30 in the morning, no, you know, 15-year-old shithead is up at 9 in the morning pulling pranks. High school pranks. dweeby. Yeah, none of these high school dweebies are pulling pranks at 9 in the morning. So it must have been an elderly person, I guess. But I'm just thinking the mechanics of the situation. How does this work? How are they, they bracing themselves? You have mean, to. Because it, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was so... Like what? You know, like <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it's but it was that was just the beginning of a, an incredibly stressful day. But yeah, whoever did that, shame. It's kind of awesome. Like when, <laughs> when, 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 when I was now. when uh, our assistant manager came up and told us, I was like, 
that's so punk rock. You know, yeah, you have to go yeah. for it, man. We've all been there. We've but, done it. But I mean, you don't want to be on the receiving end of it. Don't, don't endorse that. Uh, shame on that. It person. does happen a lot at Chapel Hill High School, apparently. Yeah, I mean that well, was a high school. That was the thing. High school who pranks were the big, big deal. That I yeah. never noticed that. Oh well, me and my. I just had a lot of pot <laughs> in the bathrooms of my. Huh? I just had a lot. Of, I mean, people I, smoking pot. Yeah, I, I, I didn't water. have that either. Hmm. I don't know. I maybe I was just. Lucy, to be fair, yeah. I don't like using public restrooms, so maybe I just wasn't privy to all the the excitement. You know, it's weird. I. Almost prefer using public restrooms over my restroom at home. Not that my restroom at home is, you know, gross or anything. There's just some excitement that comes with using a public restroom, you know? Is there? Really? I don't know. I a think little bit. I think it started with me. I went to this really posh restaurant when I was little, and it was like a two way mirror, and the bathroom, sorry, the bathroom, the walls were a two way mirror in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah. So you could see everyone while you were. I think. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. <laughs> After that, that might have been the start. Hmm. Anyway, send in your poo-poo questions to the podcast. Send <laughs> poo-poo your, your, stories. Your stories, your yeah. horror stories. Yeah, any poo-poo movies. You yeah, know. whatever. whatever. Um, Great. That's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, it was very strange. I'm uh, sorry about that. Luckily, we, did, we didn't have the um, that super creepy guy come in that <laughs> we had like a month or two ago. I remember that. Yeah. I laughed hysterically. He usually on comes the, in on Mondays, and so thank plane. God we he did it. But which, which, well, we won't go. I because I talk about it on here, but just like I'll, it's probably one of the creepiest, most suspicious, suspicious people I've ever yeah come across. Very okay. strange. But luckily he was not there. So, <laughs> uh, but okay. Oh, I'd even say what we were going to be talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. So we're going to be talking about. Uh, you were never really here. The uh, Sundance, Walking uh, Phoenix film, and then we're also going to be doing a re- review, or at least Chloe and I will be of Final Portrait with Army Hammer and Jeffrey Rush and Tony Shalhoub. Uh, and then we have not much news, but we have some listener questions and all the usual stuff. So thanks for joining us. Sorry that it's we're ten minutes in. And <laughs> for real? Yeah, oh, man. Well, sorry about that. <laughs> but um, should we go ahead and yeah. jump in, and maybe we'll see if Braden will be here by the time we start? But okay, we'll take a listen to a clip of Final Portrait. You have the head of a brute. Gee, thanks. Yeah, you look like a real thug. Thank you. If I was to paint you as I see you now, and a policeman was to see this painting. You'd be thrown in jail like that. Well, then perhaps we shouldn't continue. No, no, no. It's all right, because I'll never be able to paint you as I see you. You sure? Yes, of course. All right, so Final Portrait is directed by, was it Stanley Tucci? Yeah. And stars Army Hammer, Jeffrey Rush, James Faulkner. Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub, yeah. Floor Delacour. Oh, that's... I knew I, I recognized that person, yes. Yeah. Um, and the synopsis... And the wife. I don't know her name. And the wife. <laughs> and this, this synopsis is the story of yeah. Swiss painter and sculptor Alberto Giacometti. Right? G- I, apparently, I've always Giacometti. said... Giacometti. Giacometti, looks I like. I I've always said his name, but that's not how they said it. Hmm. Whatever. <laughs> so... Close enough. Uh, this one, I, I didn't know really anything about aside from just having seen the poster, uh, but Chloe and I went to the Chelsea and saw this last night. 
together. Correct. Um, we came out with some differing opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, Chloe, do you want to start or sh- shall I? You start. I like arguing. You can't do that after one else has said anything. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I was really not crazy about the movie. Uh, I, uh, well, for one, I, maybe it's just my own fault, but I don't really know anything about the, the sculptor the painter. Yeah, the artist. artist. But I found it to be incredibly empty and kind of uninteresting. I thought it was just... it. For one thing, the visual style is just unusually it matched dull. His, it matched his works, though. It was cool. But, but that doesn't mean it's interesting, though. Well, like, some people think it's interesting. It, it, it's, everything is like so unbelievably washed out and gray. I was about to say, it looked very gray. Yeah, and it's like the the whole situation is already very... Um, not very stylized at all or interesting. It's just a guy sitting there. And the, the least they could have done is at least made a colorful or even a surreal take. It's just so... And also just the direction is so ordinary. Like, there's nothing interesting going on. It's just these two characters who... They have a partnership, but it's pretty much just... Army Hammer is... More than two characters. There were five well, no, I'm, vital no, characters. No, the the, the main the main section. It's Army Hammer is just guy, and then Jeffrey Rush is the typical kind of old grumpy artist guy who's particular and is kind of snobby. And it's it's the same type. He's of... He's not snobby. He well, lives in a dump. Just his personality. It's just particular. like yeah, particular Except and for snobby. Yeah, it was still pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I just found it to be like I, I don't see why this needed to be feature length. Like you could have cut. It was not half. That's feature length. I know, but it was short. <laughs> it was yeah. It's, it was concise. It's, yeah, um, but I, I found it to be very needlessly slow and very thematically uh, empty. And also, the ending happens in about 30 seconds. And you could have cut half of this movie out, and it would have made no difference on the ending. And it would have been very... Because it, it's essentially just, oh, here, we we tricked him a little bit. The portrait's done. We did it. End. Well, it demonstrates that he finally understands this other person. Yeah, but also... And also, I thought this was going to be like a... a, a portrait that took like months like this it's just three weeks like that's not that that's a lot of time to sit in a chair it is that's a lot of time but not it's not very cinematically interesting it's just there's a few cut scenes to be dunkirk to be interesting though i don't i don't need to be but it's like every it's just him sitting in a chair a few scenes and that's him, not true and him saying <laughs> i need to change my reservation and also <laughs> there's 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 there's, <laughs> there's no there's no Conflict, you, you know almost nothing about anyone. I mean, you don't know the nuance, Henry. There's conflict I, between literally every character. There's there no no there every yes, other character. There is a little con- there's a bit of conflict, but it's stuff I've seen a thousand times. It's the wife who's jealous of the the the, the man <laughs> who goes and kind of sleeps around. Um, it's the no. She's not jealous of him, or, or not not jealous, but angry with his situation, what and what they've done, or what he's done for her, and how he treats her. And then, there, you know, nothing about why Army Hammer has gone there. 
his his life before. He's um, in. Sorry. His life before. He's, a, he's an author and journalist. They said he's written articles on Jake Kometty, and he was like, "I want to do a portrait." Oh, here's Braden. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll quick little uh, pause here during the review, but Braden has uh, joined us. So, Brain, thanks for coming, man. Appreciate uh, it. I know you got a lot going on, so always appreciate you taking the time. Um, but, yeah, so I kind of jumped me back into Final Portrait for a little while. So, I mean, I, I, I just I just found all the, the dynamics to be so one note. It's, it's just, there's, and it, it's stuff I've seen a thousand times before. It's just, and, and, and again, the ending is so unsatisfying. It's like, what are what we... What did you want to have happen? Something that's thematically, or in terms of character, that's interesting. It's it, it, Again, it, it happens so quickly. It's just this, here, why don't we try this? Oh, painting done. Movie done. Movie it, over. It seems like, from just what you're saying, it just didn't really seem like a story that was, like, ripe to be... Yeah, I, I, I don't... Or, s- like, a, yeah, like, there's no reason for it to be turned into... I, I think this would make a good book. It was a... It's... It's, yes, it, it, correct. Ba- okay, but that isn't okay, James. Yeah. W- the Army Hammer is a was a back in the day a very successful author who tur- who he did fiction and it was not super acclaimed. And then he moved into doing these kinds of things. Okay, observing artists and stuff because he was in the war. He went to Europe. He liked it there a lot more. And he could be you know gay there and stuff anyway right. So he didn't really want to go back. So he did these kind of things. So it was a book, and he did take a picture every day. Of the painting, uh-huh. it's in there too. It's very cool. Huh. Okay. Well, well, again, I think the book could be interesting, but I, I do not see why anyone was drawn to this story. There's, there's nothing going. I, I agree what, with what you said last night. It's a nice little slice of life into this world, but it's a world that's just not that interesting to you. T- to me, yes. Again, that's <laughs> just, just like we were talking about last week. It's just the, my opinion. I just found. I just wish there was. More characters Murder? that were. I don't know. No, what you want. <laughs> no. I just wish there were more characters that were interesting, that were more dynamic. That it was a very nuanced, subtle movie. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't there know was. If there's much nuance. Well, maybe you missed it, Henry. Maybe. Was the, I'm, was I'm the, a big dummy. So is the <laughs> conflict just that he has to keep changing his reservation. No, yeah. that's kind of the that's kind of the uh, the. What's that word? The catalyst for all the actual... Yeah. Co- it's just an observation. It's like a little microcosm. It's like you zoom in through this kind of decrepit house into these people's lives. I like the house. It's kind of like a little snow globe. You know, you yeah. like your world building? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that, too, and it's like a really small version of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the the, ha- the house was cool. I mean, it's just I'm that... I'm talking about the house itself. <laughs> or, or <laughs> anyway. I mean, the, 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 look, the, the look of the house is fine. It's just, like, there's just... Henry, can I go? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to stop. No, I can't. Yeah, go go for it. Thank you so much. Okay. So it was was about, just taken from the memoir of James Wooden, it was about Alberto Giacometti, who is a super famous artist, right? That's a controversy around him anyway, Um, because people think he stole his most famous, the pointing man. But that's not what this was about at all. Basically, it was just a zoom in. His people's lives, there's this artist, and it kind of, um, Army Hammer's character is just kind of a normal guy who's taking it all in. Giacometti, who was so well done by Jeffrey Rush, and they had the prosthetics and everything. It was pretty cool. Anyway, 
he's like uh the classic like artist figure the older man artist figure who's mm-hmm. like just totally disruptive and doesn't care about anyone else whatever you know he throws money at his wife and stuff like right. that right so it's james it's him it's army hammer's character taking that in and observing it and there is a lot of nuance and there are a lot of relationships like tony shalhoub and army hammer's relationship is really sweet and he's a tony shalhoub's a nice foil to jeffrey rush and my favorite bit is when um army hammer who I think his acting was really good. Like I said, nuanced again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's fine in the movie. I, I, I had no. I think the performances are, they're fine. Anyway, so um, when he begins to acknowledge, because I think he also idolizes this character, Giacometti. So it's that kind of slowly disintegrating as he realizes it more and more when he's when he realizes how Giacometti treats his wife mm-hmm. throughout the movie and he asks her about her dress and stuff, even though he doesn't care, and he begins to... Anyway, I think it was very sweet, well done. I didn't get... I got bored, like, once, and then as I was looked at my watch, they, like, picked up the pacing and the sound and everything like that. I really liked the score also. I thought it did really well. Except when the, the music from the... Uh, Finding your feet, I guess, next door was <laughs> way louder during this very. <laughs> it was oh, right yeah. when it was right when Army Hammer was starting to get like super uncomfortable and tight and like really wanting to leave, and then the like upbeat old people music <laughs> started playing <laughs> next door. But no, I thought it was really good. Though, in every way, aesthetically, I thought it was really pleasing. It wasn't too complicated. They only used help handheld cameras, which I thought was pretty cool. It kind of. Um, highlights the kind of small scale of the whole movie. But on that note, they also took you out of the place. It wasn't totally claustrophobic. Like, they went down to the cafe and stuff like that. You're not supposed to like him. He's supposed to become more and more... I understand that, yeah. He, he just wasn't interesting to watch. I don't think. I, or it's just... it's. And I agree that Jeffrey Rush plays the... I mean, if that's how the guy was, he's the, the old kind of, again, like, particular artist genius guy but it's just i've seen that done a thousand times it's just it's there's nothing new to bring well and maybe in the book there's much more but it's just that essentially in this it's just him yelling at people making kind of a a, a joke every once in a while and it's not about him though it's about army hammer i i understand that but in all the the uh scenes with jeffrey rush he's just not it's just tiring it's it's not it's not interesting it's not um i don't i'm not thinking about his character it's just kind of i thought it was interesting well i'm glad i'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you liked it it's the one just... thing that's kind of it's kind of unavoidable they use which is cool but it also kind of didn't work because he's like this huge genius right and the portrait ended up looking just like the actual guy but they mm-hmm. used the actual photographs which make to you know they obviously put them on canvas makes sense yeah but so it didn't look like army hammer at all uh, <laughs> it was really funny they're yeah. like oh my god it looks just like but that's kind of you know suspended disbelief what is his, his style is it like hyper realistic or is it more like um he started out being very expressionist which kind of follows through into his sculpture which is what he started out with and then went back to in the end because it was a lot more popular his paintings didn't do that like he didn't really have that many portraits they weren't his yeah thing and this was but the final portrait the, yeah he yeah he died shortly thereafter Damn. yeah <laughs> cooper uh, trying to sound interested and i hey. appreciate it <laughs> um 
And now, I mean, I'll, I'll say, I guess, I, since Chloe, you're an artist yourself, I could see how someone who is an artist and or, or is incredibly interested in the the process of how something like that this is done would find that interesting. But yeah. if you're not, I just feel like you're going to be completely ostracized from the majority of what's going on. Yeah, if, it seems like you know, a couple of years ago, Love and Mercy, the the pet yeah. sounds like. I, I like that movie a lot, but I wouldn't suggest it to anyone that doesn't like love pet sounds, the yeah. toys, because it's like I love seeing, you know, the the dramatization of them making the album and stuff. But like, if you're not interested in that, then it might fall flat. And so, that might be really what the movie was No, no, no. But I'm just saying. But the other parts of the movie didn't make up for. Like, I felt like that movie is just. I right. thought they okay. did. I loved Elizabeth Banks. I loved John Cusack, and I thought his struggle with 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 mental illness was really fascinating. I mean, it was really fascinating to watch that because that's not something. Yeah. Particularly somebody of his celebrity, it's not something you see or of a. Brian Wilson celebrity. Yeah. It's not something that you see that they publicize, that they discuss yeah. much publicly. And so, you know, yeah. the fact that they made a film about his memoirs mm-hmm. dealing with this, I thought was was interesting. Yeah. And it was really well done. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily just about the making. No, 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 no. It's not. I'm just saying for me personally, that was my favorite part of that movie. And I just felt like the other parts of it, I could kind of take it or leave it. But I agree. Like, it is an insanely interesting story. But yeah. It, Sorry, we're kind of no, no, If you want to see something about the making of Pet Sounds, go watch uh, Wrecking Crew, a documentary about the studio musicians. Oh, yeah, yeah. They actually worked on Pet Sounds. And worked on a whole bunch of other. Yeah, a whole bunch of other Beach Boys <laughs> and just other, just yeah. like, everything. Yeah. But anyhow, <laughs> good movie. Um, but uh, No, but I, I was going to say that's why I found something like Loving Vincent so much more interesting just because I feel like you don't even have to be that interested in in the character too you can't be because then you're bored out of your mind no no i mean like you don't have to be an artist <laughs> to appreciate i know but i'm telling you if you know anything about van gogh you're like okay i'm just looking at these paintings which is nice for a while until you like get a seizure but right okay well yeah i mean but it's just with this i just yes the the process at times is interesting, but everything surrounding it is just, it's almost just to a point of being so minimalist that it's just like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting from okay. this. All I'll say, Giacometti spent his whole life like grappling with trying to convey just the human condition. Like that was what he was trying to do. Uh-huh. And that is what this movie was, was a portrayal of the human condition. So it's kind of an ode at that. Hmm. Men away. I thought it was interesting, though. I thought it was pleasant enough to watch. Also, I didn't think it. I don't need like a car. Well, there was a. I, I don't need a car chase. Car chase. Either. You do, Henry. You no. need a car chase. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with a. I, I mean, one of my or favorites. Or someone eating pie for ten years. Would have loved if Army Hammer just ate pie <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing. No, but I mean, I, I, one of my favorite types of films are like just kind of dialogue-driven, simple films, and this just had. I, I found it to be incredibly unengaging, but yeah. again, there you go. That's, Could go either way. <laughs> yeah, I but, did go home. To be honest with you, I did go home, and I, uh, I drew and started painting of Army Hammer. <laughs> the whole time I was watching, I was like, I was like, I can totes do this. I went for cool. it. He's got kind of little turtle lips. There's a lot of close-ups of Army Hammer. <laughs> turtle lips. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show it to you next time. Okay, I'll probably finish please, it. Yeah, please do. A few hours. 
insult huh? turtle lips. No, he's so cute. Hey, turtle lips. <laughs> I love turtles. Okay. I had a pet turtle named Stumpy for like six Stumpy. years. Stumpy. Yeah, she was missing a leg. Oh. My sister named her, not me. Classic Gemma. Classic Gemma. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, again, if I think if you are maybe an artist or in- interested in that process. Everybody else, well, other people in the theater liked it. They were loving it. You sure? Yeah, they kept going, wow. <laughs> <laughs> If you're me or are on Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Brain, if you if you get a chance to see it, I'd be curious to see what yeah, you think. Yeah, me too. Um, and Coop, you know, maybe give, give it a... Yeah. Buy that Blu-ray, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll be my first 4K. But, yeah, any, anything else on Final Portrait? I guess not. I feel like I didn't, I didn't defend it very well. No, no you did. Um, out of five? 12,000, Henry. <laughs> two for me. <laughs> uh, okay, well... Uh, Cooper and Brady can give it stars even though they didn't see it. I'm going to give it a... Three and a half. Okay. Thanks, Same thing with Isla Dogs. <laughs> no, no. I probably, I probably... Well, I, Leave I it, can't, Cooper. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... I guess we can move into our review of You Were Never Really Here. And we have a clip for this one, too. So take a listen. 235 East 31st Street. That's what the text said. You have kids, Joe? No. Nina. Her name is Nina. I've heard of these places. Underage girls. Senator, if she's there, I'll get her. Cleary said you were brutal. I can be. You Were Never Really Here is directed by Lynn Ramsey. And uh, I guess, and also the screenplays by her. And stars Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Dante Pereira Olsen. I'm excited for you to say her name. Judith Roberts. Not her. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Frank Pando. That's about it. Any, any. The girl. She's like yeah. the other main character. It's like a Russian name, I think. Yeah. Uh, Ekaterina Samsonov. Yeah, that's good. Ekaterina <laughs> Samsonov. Yeah, so this wow. one, I actually saw at Sundance when I was there back in January. Um, and I actually got to see it with a completely packed theater, which yeah. is cool. Um, but it's just got a... Apparently, the, you have to go to film festivals for theaters to be packed anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much. Um, and so, yet yeah, it also has just a got a somewhat wide release this past Friday. So, what did y'all think of uh, the film? Who wants to start? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it. I just as I was watching, I just kept drawing parallels to other films, which I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad. Maybe it's a symptom of watching too many films and thinking about them within a framework of discussion rather than just a standalone, yeah, products, mm-hmm. artistic entertainment, whatever the director's going for. So. Uh, I just kept watching it and going, oh, it's a professional. Oh, this reminds me of Michael Mann's Collateral. Oh, it's, you know, oh, there's a lot of overlap with, with Good Time here. 
Yeah. Um, Brayden's favorite movie. I do like Good Time. <laughs> it's he on, loves it. It's on Amazon Prime now. It, yeah, yeah, that's right. I watched it. it. Yeah. Uh, it was... It was interesting. It was a challenging film to watch. Yeah. Um, the whole thing, I think, is put together in, in, in a really remarkable way. Um, just to put you... Uh, just to just to put you in, into a state of unease, yeah. right? And obviously, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character Joe is is such a, a broken, dissonant, uh, dysfunctional person. I mean, even aside from the fact that he's a contract killer, he's he's he struggles with you know his mother. He struggles with his life. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of PTSD. Yeah, he's got PTSD. Which is that's the strange thing about it is I mean you know the 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 abuse that he he and his mother both received as when he was a child yeah and the flashbacks to that and I thought that was done in a really interesting way yeah um and the the thing with the plastic bag I thought that was interesting because you think oh autoerotic asphyxiation yeah. but that's not that's not at all what it is it's 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 kind of I mean it, that's that's PTSD and then he has actual PTSD from when he was in I guess Iraq Afghanistan mm-hmm. something like the that the Gulf War the Gulf War correct was that actually what it yeah that's what yeah they didn't okay because okay, in the film yeah they don't they don't I read it and I, I will say sorry I didn't even read the synopsis I'm really blowing it here <laughs> um, so a traumatized veteran unafraid of violence tracks down missing girls for a living when a job spins out of control. Joe's nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is uncovered, leading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. So, go ahead. Hmm. Now it's all clear. <laughs> I don't know. It's all that synopsis. Crystal, yeah. crystal clear, yeah. I yeah. Mean, film synopses are just terrible anyways. Um, I understand they're trying not to spoil things, but I yeah. mean, good lord, it's complete, <laughs> utter garbage. I didn't even know that yeah. much when I watched it, which I think made it better. Yeah, yeah. That's not... I wouldn't want to hear that before seeing this movie. Yeah. I feel like... So you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, um, I mean, it, Lynn Ramsey does such a spectacular job of making it sort of a comprehensive film. It's it's holistic. Every, no mm-hmm. part of it is left out, which, you know, that's that's something which, obviously, I've harped on this with other films before, Blade Runner 2049, I yeah. think probably The Master. But 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 that's one of the, that's one of the things that I like about watching films like this is is if it's a seamless whole. Yeah, and that's this one is something thing I that, wanted to talk about. Yeah, and that's this one thing that 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 I really appreciate a lot about these films, um, and a lot of that is is the extent to which the soundtrack mm-hmm. works with it. Johnny Greenwood, John, scores, which Johnny which Greenwood amazing. is Could just it be amazing. Any, any different than his. Past his his last score that well he did the, Phantom the, the score that he did for Phantom Thread which yeah. obviously is dra- dramatically different but I mean you, you listen to to what he did for the Master yeah and there will be blood as well and yeah yeah that as well um, All incredible scores and the, yeah I mean there's a lot of sort of clangy dissonant kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I mean he takes that to a whole other level I mean the stuff that he does for PTA is remarkable but for this film he takes it to a whole yeah other this level. might be my favorite yeah it's it's really remarkable um and it just it, the, the whole film is just is intended to put you at, at uh unease to to sort of break something or leave you feeling empty or hollow yeah and it does that I think really really well yeah um so you 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 it's it's a remarkable film but it's you feel unsettled yeah 
after watching it. Um, and not because it's, you know, it challenges any of your preconceptions about it. It's just such a dark, dark film. Yeah. Um, and in terms of everything, you know, a, a broken man who kills people and all the, the, although, the I mean, sex trafficking rings and although, all this stuff. Although, it's not just like he's not necessarily just a hitman. He's kind of just like a... No, he's not a... Well, that's the weird thing he, about he, it. He is, does kill people. He's just like an enforcer. It's, it's yeah. like he'll do that if that's part of the job. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like... Just muscle. He'll go if he, he just... If it's to find a girl and he gets the girl and gets back, great. If he needs to, to kill someone, he will. Yeah. You know, it's... You know, but the one thing that's great about the film is you you end up feeling compassionate towards him yeah. in a sense that I'm not meaning to cut you off, but I just want to point that out. Like you don't think he's a good guy, but you you do feel sorry for him. It's not like the characters in Good Time where you're like these are all other than They're the just brother. Ter- well, yeah, yeah the, the the brother, the mentally challenged brother. But yeah. um, you you do feel some sort of like. Like you, a dark you, compassion. Yeah, or, you're like yeah, sympathy. You understand, you, you know, that yeah. that you the, the way that they craft the film. It's you understand why he's doing these things, and you know, you might not agree with them, but I, I think that that speaks a lot about the film that you yeah. kind of feel bad for him at the end of the film. Well, that's that's the thing that I, the the whole film I was trying to figure out is because there seems to be sort of a, a disconnect between who he is, his past, and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about it is, I don't think there's I never got the feeling that he did this out of some sort of sense of moral outrage or sort no. of justice or 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 um, vigil vigilantism for for these you know yeah um, these these mistreated that's that's an understatement mistreated young women yeah it's um, it's almost like he's just doing it for the money. Well, I, and it's as, as though he doesn't he doesn't feel anything, but he's doing it in order to maybe, hopefully, I think he have I, some sort I, of connection. I think he kind of does it so he can have a purpose, and it's the only thing that he knows how to do. Kind of, I, like, but it, he it, doesn't. It doesn't really feel like he has a purpose. Though. He, I kind of felt personally just doesn't care what he's doing. I, but I, he or, chooses. He, he got ch- her sodas. Well, he chooses. <laughs> well, he chooses to scene. do this, in order to maybe at some point rekindle something in himself. Yeah. Well, for me, I think that he is just a masochist, but he's a pro- it's a product of his past. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of little scenes, like when he, there's a scene where he keeps dropping a knife and right before yeah. it, it is about to hit his foot, he slides his foot out, yeah, of, the he his foot out of the way. And it, I think that he's just kind of tra- like chasing the high of, well, and then know, the asphyxiation and the asphyxiation. I think that it, yeah. it and okay. I think he's just doing it because, you know, pr- being a product of war and things like that, like he just, he knows violence and that's like his I mean, trade. it's kind of like the Hurt Locker in, yeah. in that case where it's like you see him, he'll willingly go out and maybe even endanger himself to get that high. And then we, when you see him back at home, he's just sitting there quietly bored. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he, he has to go back even if it means he ends up getting killed or he's yeah. surrounded by violence and danger. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Chloe, what do you think? I actually didn't realize you had seen this. I thought you had just seen Final Yeah, Marvel, I thought so. you were. Skipping. I'm a committed person. I'm okay. glad. I do things. Thank you for seeing it. You're so well, welcome. <laughs> what What do you think? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was it was um not super my type of movie. I didn't think it was. I I honestly I didn't like the way it was put together, but like the um, 
I respect it. It's just not my style. Like the um, security camera footage and stuff. Oh, oh that seems. Oh, great. I, I, I did like. I did like how she avoided showing the violence. Yeah, there's the actual there, violence. You'd think that they're. I mean, the film is brutal, nonetheless. But like, they really kind of skirt away from yeah, showing a lot of the violence. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there are a couple scenes where you know it's pretty brutal, but for the most part. The violence happens off screen and is implied, or you see the aftermath of it. Yeah, which I think well, adds to the film. Also, because you're supposed to become more and more, I think, sympathetic towards the character, and I'm sure that helps. But knowing nothing about it, except those compared to Taxi Driver or whatever, um, I did think the character development was really interesting because it <laughs> rivaled, at first, I like Goldman, so like a typical, like, hitman, blah, blah, blah. But it did rival my um, expectations. He was a much more round character than anticipated, which I really respected. Mm-hmm. But I didn't... Uh, wasn't that my favorite. I don't understand his acting style either. I know it got like a seven-minute standing ovation and he got... I thought he was incredible in it. Yeah. I don't get well, it. What, what? I, didn't, I didn't understand. I think it's the... I usually don't understand him, but he gravitated towards this project, so it kind of aligns. But I think it was also the direction, because I didn't understand the girls acting very much either didn't think it was that and, and, and she, she it was, was a little yeah i, I mean extra is the well, word or just like just out of curiosity how, how do you mean you don't you don't like get the, his style i mean just out of curiosity i I, just, I think he like sometimes i'd be like oh wow like he's this is an amazing scene whatever uh-huh. and then it would just tip over a little too much and be like no don't like it hmm. i just thought like it's too theatrical it's not like realistic. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it was kind of um. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to um say this very well. Obviously, because he's he's a method actor. Yeah, the take same it, way. Brain, take it. <laughs> well, he's a method actor the same way that uh, Jared Leto is. The same way that that uh. Yeah, it's kind of to me his Daniel acting Day comes. Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. To me, his is, acting comes across a little self indulgent. That is. Kind well, of what that's I mean. the same issue that yeah. I have with Daniel Day Lewis, and I can see that with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Usually, so he does. I see that. He does. He does a very this. good job, but there are occasionally roles that he he does take that it's just it's a little too much. It's and that's how I top. felt with it. And I just don't like that kind of with the like crushing of the jelly beans and crap. And it's like, oh, it's green. Like I just don't like that kind of. Oh, what's going on in his mind? He must be a. And that's the an nuance. extra. Well, that's huh? the other thing. Nuance. Yeah. <laughs> oh please! Oh please! No. Ugh. What is with the delivery oh, of his I found lines? The green you, one. Yeah, you can't understand anything he's saying. Yeah, I'm. I could. I, I could not get most of what he was saying. It's like Tom Hardy's <laughs> Bane in, in the Batman movie. It was. Yeah. There was pivotal scene. There was specifically a pivotal scene in the movie that you had to understand the dialogue between him and another character. I think it might have been maybe the theater, maybe the sound mixing. I couldn't hear a damn thing. And but I, there I, is I, a couple scenes where, but ultimately, I'll, I'll get to it when I talk. But I, I, it didn't bother me as much just because the story to me sort of takes a back seat. Yeah, movie. well, I mean, that's this is obviously more style over substance. I yeah. think the way that it's presented and the dialogue it seems almost like a secondary or tertiary concern. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, let's put some dialogue yeah, in which just because people expect it. Which, again, is not my it. speed, so I'm sure that's a factor. Well, well, I can I can appreciate films uh, with different approaches to right. the presentation. And she loves so, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, more more dialogue, more, more, more cinematography, more effect, you know. And this one, obviously is not as interested in the dialogue because yeah. the dialogue is very sparse. It's very terse. 
It's, it's but, uh, very rare. But also, it makes sense for the world that the yeah, characters I, that they're following. I mean, Walking yeah. Phoenix isn't a t- talkative yeah. person. Also, and also, the girl, the, her situation, who would want to talk, who's been Yeah, she's that, very, you know? very broken. But then again, she was like, yeah, I don't know, I'm just not about it. I didn't think there was enough character development with the girl. So, well, see, I, I, I kind of like the relationship they have. It's just... Typical. Well, it's, she's it, not it, She's not even in the film all that much. Yeah, yeah. oh, I mean, I, I just, where they're, they're just together. They're mm-hmm. not going to try and connect. It's just, we're going to get through this and then... You're, we're both gonna go our separate ways. I I, I kind of like that about it, but I know I I really liked it. Um, I thought I did really like Walking Phoenix. I pretty much like him in everything. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a great kind of similar to a Quiet Place. It's just a great kind of mood piece mm-hmm. and atmosphere. Um, and I did like. I mean, Chloe, this is a style that you have said. I mean, you aren't really just personally aren't a fan of, but I did like how it was kind of intentionally misleading or a little ambiguous at times i like that and it made just made sense for the the world and the characters i really loved the relationship with the mother him and his mother just that felt very natural well that's 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 the thing that i got is is that this girl that he saves is the reason he sort of gloms onto her so much is yeah it's essentially a replacement for his mother right yeah so um, but well, Cooper. I mean, you, you, I guess you've already said stuff. But what? Cooper's ready. Overall, what did you think? <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to hit on something that that Brain was saying about the film being like holistically well realized and stuff. I, I felt that everything working in conjunction worked really, really well. Like the the score fit the film perfectly. I I thought Joaquin Phoenix's acting was incredible um, for the character that he was playing. Like. There could be scenes where he's completely deadpan and seems like, like out of his mind. But then he'll like let out a laugh or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's just like you can't, you can never really predict how he's going to act in you know each scene. Yeah, I mean, because it's like what you're talking about with the knife thing. It's like it's so creepy. But then he'll go have a a completely normal conversation Loving with his conversation mother. With his mother, and he'll yeah. be laughing and yeah. happy, you know. And then, um, but then when he's, he's by himself, he's like a completely different person. Yeah. And then, like, the aesthetics of the film, I, like, it, it's, it's you know, it's, like, hyper neon and stuff like that. But it's also, like, very grimy looking and grimy. Yeah. You know, it's one thing I loved about Good Time. And I think the best thing about Good Time was how authentically gross that movie was. Like, yeah. when they're in, like, a shitty apartment, it doesn't look like a movie's version of a shitty apartment. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It just looks like some cheap, shitty apartment. And same thing with this movie, um, where, like, when they're in, like, a stock room, it doesn't look like, ooh, like let's place these boxes, you know, like it looked like they went into like a Dollar Tree's stock room. Yeah. And it, it looked, wasn't, it wasn't staged. It wasn't, they didn't do it on a sound yeah. stage and then, Oh, let's go out back and get some gritty boxes, yeah, some cardboard boxes it, and put them up. It was like, she also had to put it together in like a month because he was unavailable. And oh, did she? Really? Like, yeah. Off it and then well, he that's, was, yeah. Yeah. You I think that the works sense. to the, the film. Yeah, well, I, they, I mean, that's the thing is you get the sense that she, she just sort of walked in, we walked around with the camera and just walked yeah. down yeah. the alley and then knocked on a back door Hey, do you mind if we take five minutes and film a scene in here? Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, and and film a scene in the stock room yeah. of like a Chinese restaurant. And so yeah. it's like and, you know, but you know, but then they couple that with like super like hyper stylized like scenes with you know really bright lights and, and all that stuff, too. and the music and like the super dissonant funky like, funky music. Atonal, <laughs> like there's the scene at the beginning of the movie when he's leaving a hotel room, and like mm. the first time you hear the score, and it's just the most like 
jarring it's like like, like percussive, into your ear yeah. Like percussive yeah repetitive kind of yeah unsettling but yeah. like i don't know i just thought it perfectly matched the film um I, I really like the depiction of New York. I thought that was really yeah. interesting because it's it's. I'm so tired of the whole '90s. You know, uh, the film. The first uh, the film that comes to mind is that uh, Devil Wears Prada film. Yeah, uh, but the, all those films like that. That I mean, I know that wasn't sterile, '90s, but like, but I, it, it seems to yeah. Uh, New York is just all beautiful giant glass so, buildings and everybody's pretty and very no, so well put together. Island. And yeah, yeah, I mean it's a giant it's a giant concrete tsunami covered yeah. in trash was, and filth was, and grime. Uh, was Good Time in New York? Is that in New York? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's another not game. in. I don't know if it was necessarily set in Manhattan, but I think There's it was set in New a lot of the boroughs around yeah, it. Yeah, uh, Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, yeah. all those places. So mm-hmm. again, it doesn't um, even get into. Maybe it does at some point, but it's not really. But you, it shows you, and I mean, this is a trend with a lot of a lot of shows these days. So I can't say, oh, this is a new, wholly new original thing that that Lynn Ramsey right, does. Right, right. But I appreciate the way that it's being used in order to accentuate sort of the the, the the themes of dissonance and dysfunction that run not only through you were never really here, but through these other films, yeah. Good Time, and I'm also thinking of Mr. Robot. If you watch that series, yeah, yeah. you see aspects of New York that. You would never, never see in like a '90s film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's so. The noise is overwhelming, and the people are overwhelming, and everything. It just seems claustrophobic. You don't go, "Wow, everything's so I mean, magical and big and shiny," and then you kind of go, "Oh my god!" It's the walls, the buildings, all this concrete oh. is closing in, and it just feels you, your your breath is being sucked out of you. And I think that works really well with the the um, the. the um, the, the emotions that she's trying to elicit right. from, yeah. from viewers. Um, and so when you're saying where you, when you're watching it, you're being reminded of all these other films and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> but I, I was too, like, I thought there was a lot of like taxi driver. I felt a lot of drive, felt mm-hmm. a lot of good time. And I was thinking a lot of professional. Lot. Yeah. And actually uh, one quick thing about the sound reminded me of how seven is the idea of that. Yeah. I mean, they never say what city it is, but it's like, you always hear these just horrible sounds from outside right. yeah. or even just within the apartments. And it's just mm-hmm. like, this is such a uncomfortable place to be. Man, I like New York. Um, I, love, oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love New York, but it's, it's just... If I had a six-figure salary, I'd move there in a heartbeat. Yeah. There's a lot to do. But I mean, yeah. it's it's I, I have no illusions. It's not it's not a pretty place. At, at well, times, I grew up going there probably at times, times a year. There are some pretty nice places. There are some nice places. Where we would be living. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, it's almost like when I went to San Fr- San Francisco. There's some amazing places, but also there are a few places that yeah. aren't, aren't so nice, you know. But yeah. but that's the case with every big city, you know. Yeah. So, um, but for me, the film never felt like iterative. Like, even though it was pulling, I felt like a lot from these other films. I felt that it like asserted its own identity, and it ended up feeling very unique. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like all those, all those films I just mentioned, like I love all those movies. Um, well, that's, that's so maybe I was partial to this going in, but yeah. um, and, and another thing too with the style over substance, I I don't I don't use that term. I mean, a lot of times, like you know, I'll use that negatively, but in this case, I, I use it positively. Like I thought that because everything was working in conjunction so well, that even though the story is kind of bare bones or you know ambiguous or clunky like clunkily told at best sometimes um i thought that it, it didn't it didn't really matter like it didn't 
for me, it, it doesn't really bother me that I miss some of, well, okay, rewind a little bit. There's a scene in the movie I mentioned earlier where two characters are talking, and when I was seeing it in the theaters, I got none of the dialogue. And it, yeah. in that scene, they're revealing the intricacies of, like, what the conspiracy is a little bit. I mean, like, there's still a lot for you to, like, kind of gather from, like, just... Well, that's the thing about it is, like, first of all, this this whole weird conspiracy, it's not a conspiracy, first of all. It's just straight up Yeah, I use that loosely. I use not, it loosely. It's not as though it's a... Cons- it's not as though it's some sort of grand machination by some uh, cabal of government. It's just... <laughs> It's just they're disgusting pedophiles yeah. and they trade young girls. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing conspiratorial about that. Yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, first of all, it seems sort of patently absurd, this whole concept. So there's a lot of suspension of disbelief yeah. there. And, I mean, it's it's like some of these stories, like I'm thinking of the, all those Chuck Palahniuk stories. The guy wrote, you know, Fight Club. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he did that other film that uh, Sam Rockwell was in. What the hell was it called? Oh, <clears throat> choke or something? Yeah, yeah. I think that was it. Yeah, I know he wrote choke, but I, I I can't remember if that was the other one that was turned into a movie. But it's just these things that that they introduce concepts that are so patently bizarre yeah. and 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 strange and disconcerting. And I mean, that's the sort of premise for yeah. this film, and yeah. it it works as a premise for this film, but it's just. It requires so much suspension of disbelief. Yeah, but I, I felt that, you know, that that was not okay. The, not the sex trafficking, but the fact that you've got these high-level government officials. Yeah, like, all this would, none around. of this would have happened. Yeah. This, none of this could happen in real life. But, you know, mm. it's film, so. Did y'all hear about the okay. quick, quick thing, that Smallville actress? Yeah, yeah. she was actually part of the sex so trafficking. She's been uh, accused, or, or I maybe... This has been, like, a long-time thing. This has been out for a while. Yeah, but I mean, it was like just, a like, a recent... No. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been, been like, it's been out. I, I don't say that. Yeah. It, anyways, um, this actress from Smallville has been she accused of of accused of like a sex cult, like what? sex trafficking and yeah. stuff. Is it? Um, what's her face? The one that she was in Small. Kristen. Don't know her name. Minor, but yeah, she it just like all of a sudden it's like oh, sex like sex cult. <laughs> Any, anyhow, um, but, um, I'm not saying that that stuff's not out there because it is. But, but in the context of the story, like the how they're getting away with it, is a little yeah. High-ranking government oh, yeah, officials with yeah. like yeah. secret chalets up in the you know upstate New York yeah. that nobody knows about. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. which how... again I don't go for. I think it undermines reality. But that's but that's okay. Like I mean, it is. I mean, you I have to it just, like it's established so pretty early subject. on that it's a hyper stylized. Type yeah. Of that well, I mean, a guy, a guy who's a contract killer who goes around murdering people with ball peen hammers and in the somehow, middle of New York. Yeah. yeah. And somehow people, nothing, there's no repercussions for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, well, one interesting thing in terms of his character is he's someone who like, and how he's presented is he could be doing certain things with how, how he's going about doing that job in so many different parts of life. Like he's just someone that goes into a, like a dollar store and buys a hammer. Right. And that guy could just as easily be going to fix his house. Right. I know he's going to find a girl and yeah. needs a weapon. Like um, it's just kind of an interesting thing you could think about. You know, and there's points in the movie where I was, cause a lot of times these like movies like this can get kind of like masturbatory or like, Oh, like this is 
I, I don't know, like, it, like this is a this is a cool movie. You know what I mean? Like, if you get, like, this yeah. is an artsy type of movie. But, like, humorous. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like there's maybe moments where it was about to step over that line, like maybe the scene at the lake a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then I felt like it kind of reined it in, and it, 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 never, it never got to that point where it was... Well, that was the one scene that I think bothered me more than any other because... And it wasn't, it wasn't that it was poorly done, but it was, it was, it was the one that, that it was, the, as you said, it was the most sort of artsy fartsy. Yeah. Oh, he is in the lake and the single beam of pure white light shining down on him. And as he's floating weightless into space and his mother's sinking and there's the girl and you're just kind of going, okay, I've seen this before. <laughs> Let's move it along. Get back to that classic Lord of the Rings. Scene. But I, but yeah. I also like to know how out of place that scene was because I thought it kind of went with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say if there was one thing you could point out, it would be that scene. But I, I still, I think at least at the time, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and also, it's the film. It, it doesn't give you enough time to, in a, in a good way, it doesn't give you enough time to really think or question certain choices in style because it's so such a tight kind of 90 minute yeah thing mm-hmm. that like you could be like oh i didn't really understand that oh well we're, we're back awesome. back to the next scene yeah. yeah you know and so with that obviously it's the end of the film but i, I know i i personally liked it and the yeah. score was great during yeah. that scene as well also that like you're still seeing like the images on screamer on screen are still like pretty grotesque looking like it's the, well, the body the, with the hair coming Well, that's the interesting thing about it is is even though you don't actually see much in the way of violence in the film, you see it shows a lot of the aftermath and a lot of the sort of grisly cadavers left by these violent and actions wake, are actually yeah. worse than the violence themselves, mm-hmm. than the violence itself. So in a strange way, it... it it's not necessarily the violence; it's the it's the aftermath; it's the repercussions of that violence. Yeah. you know, because um, I'm just thinking of of the fellow at the end of the film with his throat cut, and then you see what Joaquin Phoenix has done with the hammer, and then his handler, his fixer, who was murdered sitting there at the table, and of course, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, there's so much. Um, not actual violence itself. Again, you don't see the violence, but 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 what happens in the yeah. wake of violence? It's yeah, it's and it's the idea of violence. And what yeah, that can kind of do. Um, but also, just in terms of a scene that's so shocking, but it's so effective, is the one that I was telling Cooper about yesterday with the diner scene at the end. Yeah, that's so horrifying. Yeah, yeah. don't want to spoil that. But. No, no, but it's like it's so you're like it's played a certain way, and you can immediately see well there's it's it's interesting like, how that ties in with the bit at the lake because there's obviously yeah, yeah where yeah. if there's a theme about what he wants what it seems he desires most in his life but he's completely incapable of doing and whatever way you see that scene playing out it's still like you could see him doing that yeah he, he's yeah. so it didn't, so, didn't seem out of place he's so it? unpredictable and 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 damaged that you're like yeah, he he could do that right yeah. now, you know. Yeah. No, despite everything, because once he he does it, he doesn't need to care about it anymore, yeah. you know. So yeah. And one more thing I want to say about it, tying in our conversation with Quiet Place last week, or was that the week before? Last week. That was yeah. last week. Um, were we saying like I, I remember I was saying last week that 
Quiet Place felt like it didn't have respect for its audience, and that's why it kind of had to hammer in all this exposition mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Or it felt like this was opposite, where it had a lot of respect for the audience. It was challenging, like, challenging. Yeah, and they knew. Thing. I mean, because I mean, it, there was definitely a target audience for this movie. You know, like when I went to go the see Chloe's. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not trying to. I mean, I'm not shitting on these people, but they're not trying to draw in the Fast and Furious type of people or something no. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, this so, isn't a crowd pleaser. No, no, no. and that's why, like. It's not a happy feel good film. It's not a film you <laughs> yeah. go and you watch, you go, that was awesome. I'm going to go race my car. And yeah. just, you know, you watch and, and, and you go, oh, I'm going to go home crying. <laughs> yeah. But especially the way it handled um, its exposition, stuff like that, and his PTSD, like, there, there was flashbacks to his, like, troubled youth, but they would literally be, like, two seconds long. Yeah. And the same with the thing in Afghanistan. There's, like, one scene that probably five seconds long with two men. I mean, this isn't much of a spoiler. It's two men dancing in you know their their military garb in the desert so that's all you need to know oh he was in afghanistan or mm-hmm. in iraq or whatever mm-hmm. that's all you need to know you don't need to have a five minute scene of him going through <laughs> afghanistan like oh like, like, here he is with the convoy yeah like the you know it's just two men two men dancing at a base in the desert like that's all you need to know mm-hmm. and i thought that was that was awesome like you you don't have to waste like this film yeah. could easily be a two and a half hour fucking slog. Yeah, that that's the thing. It like I, I guess Tarantino often calls like how he does suspense like a rubber band. It's mm-hmm. like you could stretch that out, and there's a certain point where you have to let yeah, it, it snap. Breaks, yeah. And like if this had been a two and a half hour, that would have been a complete that would have been way too much. A slog. Yeah, again, like a slog. But it's like it's like pulled just enough yeah. to where you're in. Exactly. And then once over it, you can kind of release. So. Yeah, and um, and you know, it, right now I'm, I'm I hate to bring it up, but like Rotten Tomatoes has got like high 80s, which is by like not a bad score by any stretch of the imagination. But Avengers: Infinity War, uh, yeah, well, territory. But I could definitely <laughs> see this being a polarizing movie where yeah. I feel like personally I loved it, um, but I could see a lot of people walking yeah. away and be like, I fucking hated this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess if if if, it's if not you see an easy the film. yeah if you no. see the trailer and you're like this is something that I feel like I would enjoy it, you'll probably enjoy it. But if you immediately are turned off by that trailer, I can see you being like, eh, yeah, not for me. Funny aside though, so I saw <laughs> oh, this movie. Yeah, sorry about. Saw this movie. Yeah, this is two seconds aside. Saw this movie at like noon by myself, matinee. Mm-hmm. One other person in the theater, seventy year old man, came in right before the movie started. Was reading a newspaper through the, <laughs> yeah. through the previews. And ate a, a whole peach. <laughs> and it was just me and him, and he was sitting two seats next to me. Aww. But he seemed to like it because he sat, he sat through the credits. So I feel like you only sit through the credits when you're you're kind of into it, you know. Or so. sleep. Yeah, there. Well, I, I think I had maybe brought it up at some point on one of our past shows. But there was a guy in Greensboro who I'm ever. I would usually go to the Thursday night showings of whatever movie, mm-hmm. the seven o'clock. There always, and I would almost always be the only one in there. There would always be this older guy who'd come in sit at the very front have a huge drink and a um huge thing of popcorn and no matter what the movie was fell asleep 15 minutes in (laughs) and was just snoring oh god what theater uh i think it was the grand theater in greensboro or something the one in friendly shopping center it might be yeah. yeah um but and like steve jobs uh one of the uh a Avengers movies, like it was just the every time. It it's, it's, doesn't it's matter what it was. Oh my God. 
But it was kind of hilarious for the most part. But. You should have gone and gotten the, the ushers and told, told them to, you know, wake them up. No, I'm not being sassy. That's literally what you said last time this came up, which was like six months ago. Oh, I don't doubt it. Because <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's, that's awful. Well, that's I was at the I was, I, was, oh, well, I was at the very back, and then he was at the very front. It's, and yeah, you know, you can still a, hear him snoring. Yeah, well, he's an old guy. He needs to sleep, you know? <laughs> Maybe I'll go. You know, at that when I'm that age, maybe I'll just want to go in, into a dark uh, theater and sleep. You know? Yeah. If that happened at Chelsea, we would send in Sam to yeah. just like the bouncer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, well, anything else about? You were I never feel like here? I was gonna say something, and then I completely forgot my train of thought. I'm so losing sleep these days that my my thoughts. Well, if you think of it, you can always bring it back up. Yeah. Um, oh, but that's what I was going to say. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Uh, we were talking earlier about this, these film synopses. You read the film synopses for this and you think, oh, it's it's just like a Taken ripoff. And it's not at all. Mm-hmm. It is nothing, nothing like any of the films in the Taken series. Mm-hmm. So, um, much better, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah so. I would agree. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. Uh, for some reason, I was worried that you were going to be down on it. Actually no, worried. I'm... I'm that, <laughs> I think I think it's a it's an an interesting piece of filmmaking. It does require a lot of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, if you're going for a stylish film, yeah. in terms of the visuals, why not go? You know, this the story is secondary. Plus, why not just go for something which is so totally over the top? Yeah. I mean, it's like Fight Club. I like Fight Club, but the premise of Fight Club is so Pretty patently absurd. I like Fight Club. Oh yeah, I didn't like this very much. <laughs> well, well, it's I can understand. I like it that more than we need to is... talk about Kevin. I need to see that. I, you've never seen it? No. I liked what's it called Ratcatcher. Yeah. I like so, that one. Yeah. Well, where do you think it stood up against uh, Good Time? Because I think they're pretty. pretty I mean, I, I honestly think they're about the same. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't her inaugural film the way it was for the Softy Brothers. Well, they did good one. Time. They did one more film prior to prior that. Prior to Good Time. Yeah, they okay. did one about uh, heroin addicts in New York City. Oh, oh great! Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's another crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah, that's a light, you know, Saturday <laughs> afternoon watch. Yeah, you know, sitting around the house, got yeah. some time to kill. You yeah. go watch a film about you know heroin addicts. Yeah, I'm forgetting the name of my friend Mark is a is a big fan of that one. I'm forgetting mm. the name, but I like those guys. But uh, but yeah, well, out of five. I think it's a four and a half for me. It's yeah, it's it's my film to beat for 2018. Right. Really? Yeah, Annihilation was okay. my my number one. Yeah, and then this I like one, I do like Annihilation. So I'm I'm giving this one a four and a half. All right, four and a half for me. I'm going four. Yeah. So I thought I thought the visuals were stunning. I thought it was a very well put together film. There were the suspension of disbelief thing is, even though I understand within the context of this particular film, you can have a greater. It's, it allows for a greater suspension of disbelief, but I think it's just so... You have to disbelieve so much. Mm, that's fair. Uh, and then that just that one scene. Plus, I will say, needed more pie-eating. <laughs> yeah, he needed more pie-eating. Although, it did make me want to eat... I don't understand. The Do you remember one? Ghost story. Oh, Brandon right. said that it was oh, yeah, an so allegory for bullying Yeah, so, you know, it's actually a clip I have up on SoundCloud. Oh, funny. Like, you know, by the way, we have a little... Some pages on like SoundCloud and uh, Reddit, <laughs> and on our ghost story review, which was very uh, mixed opinions on g- a ghost story. It was not very but, good. It was not. Henry loved it. We I hated it. Like I liked it. Like but, 
total disdain. Yeah. Like but, nothing but, but it. Yeah, same, awful. Same was. But Brayden, um, one big point, he said that he felt like this, <laughs> that the scene was a commentary on Bulimia. No, he said it was promoting. <laughs> promoting. <laughs> um, but, well, uh, she, eats, she eats the entire pie that goes into the bathroom and barfs. I mean, that's like... Because she eats the entire pie, not because she's like... I gotta what? purge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The purge. Yeah, it's, it's her it's, version of the purge. It's, it's the new purge film. Yeah, election year. Rudy Barra eats a pie and vomits. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Check that out. The purge. Check that review out. The hostess years. Yeah. yeah. Rudy Barra shoves down Twinkies and ding dogs. Yo, I'm gonna get some Twinkies. Yeah, man. I love Twinkies. I thought they don't sell them anymore. No, no they do. They brought them back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go to the, go to the Rite Aid. I won't. <laughs> I won't. I refuse. I've never had a Twinkie. Go to the right aid. They're I good. Don't want They're to. good. They've got a whole, pies, the whole your stand of hostess, well. the hostess cakes at the right aid. They're delicious. Those and zebra cakes. Mm. Oh, zebra cakes, man! I haven't had I haven't had one of those in a long time. That's a time. gentleman's dessert. Yeah, you, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know what was the snowballs? Oyster sliders. Or snow, oh oysters. no, those are sliders. fucked. What? Get some, you know, What's eat some oysters and then oh, eat some zebra okay. cakes. You know, bad mix. Bad mix. Bad mix. No, but snowballs are fucking. The devil. They're the, oh. they're the best. <laughs> Marshmallow <laughs> cream. I don't know any of these things. Marshmallow oh, cream and coconut. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. How are you going to beat that? that? I grew up on fruit leather, so that's where I fruit stand. Fruit leather? The fuck? Oh, wait. You know from Weaver Street? Dibby. Oh, yeah. Of course. I have fruit leather. Of, oh, fruit, don't of course fruit me with Weaver Street. Ba- I was like forced into Weaver Street. You chose it. Fruit, fruit leather rocks. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't like it. Leather. Oh, I don't like that yeah. much either. It's, it's just, just uh, fruit roll ups. I'll tell yeah. you why I did like it. As you might remember, I have a bunch of extra three times teeth. The price and, and yeah, so I really used to like to chew on it with my like teeth that would just keep coming in. Huh. I definitely have I not told you that? No. I've told you that. Uh, you have a bunch of extra teeth? I oh, I think yeah. you did get it. I've noticed you have a second line of teeth like a shark. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the alien Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so oh well, Chloe, what would you give the movie? Three out of I mean, uh, out of five. <laughs> out of five. Two. Two. Okay. Two. Fair enough. Two. Um, two, all right. two and a quarter. All right. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like vegan chocolate pie. She's vegan. What can I tell you? Not much news to talk about. There the- is news. Rachel Vice is pregnant. Who's that? It's Daniel Craig's wife. Craig's yeah. wife. She's the actress. Okay. She was in The Lobster. <laughs> she is the next. She was in The Mummy with Brandon Fraser. What's okay. what was Abraham's wife's name? Not that she's... No, she's pretty old. Uh, That's why it's impressive. She's... It's she's got to be late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. She, which, yeah. So good for them. That's news. Cool. Which, People care. I had other news I wishes, forgot Daniel already. And uh, Rachel. Hope hope the baby comes out all right. Well, I am. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Hope it's good. Well, yeah, hope it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Best of luck to you. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your baby. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy your baby. Enjoy, enjoy your baby. This happens every single week. Yeah. Uh, well, was there anything else y'all have heard of or earlier Avengers reaction? Yeah, I mean there have been. That's uh, no, not much to report on. Yeah, I guess the. Uh, score for Avengers Infinity War came out yesterday. People are just going nuts. They're amazed. they been pretty positive. Yeah, it's not as high as some of the other films. Yeah. Which again, out, people are, are like horrified that it's only at 87. They're like, what? 
That's I mean, so it's, low. It's a comic book movie. What do you expect? I mean, anything anything above like seventy five for a comic book movie, That's I think, good. is remarkable. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, this supposed to be like the second coming of Christ. Type yeah. Of well, I mean, the fact that Marvel is consistently putting out films <laughs> yeah. that somehow score upper eighties, lower nineties, it's pretty impressive. On, well, I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not really like a weighted score the way that Metacritic yeah, yeah. does, but still, they're putting, uh, out, they're putting out consistently good yeah. products. Mm-hmm. They're, they're entertaining. The story is good. The character development is good. This, the special effects, the set piece battle, all that stuff. It makes for fun. It makes for fun movies to watch. Yeah. And, you know, the hardcore fans out there who are all about the film. Oh, how can you watch Avengers? Oh, comic book movies. Oh, it's ruining film. It's not ruining film. I don't think it's ruining film. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's popcorn movies versus thinking movies. It's yeah. popcorn versus thought. There's a so, place for both. There's yeah. a place for both. Yeah. And and I mean these these Marvel Cinematic Universe films are they're fun they're fun yeah they're just a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah so. I I feel like even recently even the past six months my my opinions changed just I I felt like I, I don't know I was like kind of down on them not that I was like shitting on them thinking they're bad movies but I was burnt out on them yeah but recently I liked Black Panther a lot and mm-hmm. and Guardians of the Galaxy two. Uh, which those are the last two that I saw in the Marvel comic universe. Yeah. Um, and I like both of those quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I'm, I haven't seen civil war. I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok or Spider-Man, but I kind of want to watch all of them so I can watch this new one. Thor because, Ragnarok is awesome. Yeah. You absolutely. Should yeah. I actually that. saw the trailer and I thought it looked Spider-Man cool, is but, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like Spider-Man as a character. So I actually kind of want to see all these movies before, um, I guess I probably won't see them before this one comes out because it comes out on Friday. But I want to see like the idea of Black Panther and the and the Guardians of the Galaxy guys together. Like yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it was. That's the thing is is <laughs> the, cool. these films are so so frequent now. I am starting to get a little bit of fatigue, yeah. but they they, they seem to be. Year. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be spaced like enough that it's not. Yeah, you know, Black Panther. I watched it. It was a really well done film. I think it was mostly my my main issue with Black Panther was the big final battle was so I like CG it. heavy. Oh, but I thought that like I thought the set piece like it felt like if if Lord of the Rings was in like in Africa. Or something. <laughs> like yeah. I thought it was. I mean, I'm usually down on the CG shit too, but well, the big the big battle scene that was fine, but the scene between Killmonger. And oh Black yeah, Panther, the train track. Yeah, and the train track, yeah, scene, the flippy camera thing, and all yeah, the, that. Yeah, that did look goofy. I didn't mind it. It was it was a little too much for me. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, but I like the stuff that was going on <clears throat> above the surface. I mean, I was thinking if if you want uh, good, what was it? Was it? Yeah, the Captain America Civil War fight scene. Yeah, uh, it's very good at the airport, airport. Yeah, was I thought really? I mean, a lot of CG and stuff, but it mm-hmm. never felt overwhelming, and it never felt as though the CG was used. Like sort of overused, like mm-hmm. flippy cameras spinning around everywhere, yeah. and characters up in space, flippy, flippy, flippy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had some flying. You had There's some a flying movie cars, fish for you. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It it didn't give you nausea. You didn't yeah. fe- feel as though you were having inner ear problems mm-hmm. trying to follow what was going on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, still, for me, I still think the best film. Probably in the whole the whole thing. For a while, I thought Civil War just because of the character development. I yeah. thought and it was remarkable. And the bad guy, I love the bad guy. I mean, it's that it was one who's of the, the first, bad guy in that. He's the uh, the fellow whose family had been killed in Zakovia. He was he was uh, an intelligence agent for the Zakovian military, and he oh, was, is that, no uh, is, that is that Daniel Brule? 
Yes. Oh god. Yeah. Blah. Yeah. No superpowers or anything. He's mm. just he's just a really really he's smart guy. Buddy from to... The Incredibles. Hmm. <laughs> buddy from the Incredibles. Never mind. That's T.J. Miller. Buddy from the Incredibles is T.J. Miller. You mean the the guy who idolizes the yeah. Incredibles? That's T.J. Miller. Really? I think. No. Hey, you sure? Oh, you mean Sin Sin huh. Sin Sindel? Syndrome. Yeah, Syndrome. Sorry. I just read that book to a kid, so it was on my fresh on my mind. I don't know. Um well I mean for me I've been kind of getting fatigue. there's no Marvel film that I hate, but the issue I had with Civil War that I feel like is gonna be the same thing with Infinity War is it just calls back so much to things we've seen before. Yeah. And it's just like it's essentially just doing that so Kevin Feige can be like you haven't seen it yet. No, okay, no. Well, let's uh, let's say Civil War. Let's go back to Civil War. So that way they can be like, hey, do you remember those plot holes that we had in the first few films? <laughs> this is why it make all makes sense. That, you <laughs> now know, you know why it all ties together and why it's okay. It's just like, I mean, I'm definitely interested in, in Infinity War. Like, I'm, I would like to see all of them together. Just, I'm worried it's just going to be so overstuffed. I, that's what callbacks they... to everything. Yeah. Well, but I mean, what my it's concern like this is conversation. These... Yeah. <laughs> These bit. ensemble <laughs> casts, at what point do they become too unwieldy? Because it's not only... I mean, like Black Panther, the cast in Black Panther was so awesome. But you've got Black Panther, and it's not just Black Panther, it's Black Panther in the uh, the Dorja Milad, what are they called? The His bodyguards. Yeah, yeah. And then his sister, and... She I mean, was in the new Drake song, slash video. No way. Yeah. Hmm. And then you get yeah, you get all yeah, the guardians. Right. So <laughs> it's not just the superheroes themselves, but it's their entire the crew, supporting the cast, you know, kind of thing. And so it just becomes huge, huge. And I mean, at what point does it does it just become overwhelming? And plus you've got, as you pointed out, you've got all these different plot threads that they're trying to pull together with yeah. these things. Um while introducing a new villain. Yeah, while introducing a new villain. Well, He's going to be around for, happen. what, a three-film three, three film arc? Much like uh, Han Solo. What? They got three three movie deal for Han Solo. Solo? Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> let's see Let's see how this first one does. Cause I, I still, I'm still concerned that this first one is going to be really the first major Star Wars film to just completely fall flat. Mm, I don't know. We'll have to see. Episodes one, see, two, and three. Did you see the Venom oh, trailer? Oh, well, yeah. Is that Donald Glover or did I make it up? But, yeah, I know what you mean. We don't know? Okay. okay. Um, Donald Glover, maybe. In what? Venom? I, I think remember. I saw a dog. No, I, I didn't. Okay. I don't think so. I made it Which up. Don't, don't, I'm not going to rant about the Venom trailer again. Okay. So bad <laughs> the new one? I haven't. I mean, there's a new one? Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. came out yesterday. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. You should yet. check it out. All right. Rant, rant away. Right no. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, oh, I guess we can just save the rest for the actual review. Oh, but Civil War, <laughs> I was going to say. There's nothing left. <laughs> uh, Civil War, I thought, was my favorite for, for a time just because I really liked the villain in it. And I really like the character development in it, but I I keep going back to Winter Soldier just because it's it's really good sort of spy mm-hmm. espionage flick, some really good action, uh, and the reason I like it so much is the action sequences are it's oh. more just like straight up fisticuffs, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, I will rather than like super powered flying spinning cars and things. And, you know, it's it's just I will say even though yeah. I do kind of crap on Marvel a lot, the highway. Attack scene is probably the best scene they've done. The highway attack the, scene, the ambush where they, you know, the Winter Soldier jumps onto the car, 
Oh and yeah, that's that. That whole scene is probably the best action scene they've done, I think. And yeah. so I will say, even though they've repeat themselves a lot, that scene is pretty incredible, as well yeah. as a few other ones in that movie. But yeah. a- anyways, so there's a little tease there for next week, I guess. Um, Did you see the images for Maniac, Carrie? Maniac. Yeah, Carrie Fukunaga's new. Oh yeah, yeah. No, oh, with um, looks Jonah Hill, and he's yeah. really, really skinny. Well, yeah. At least in the still I saw. Yeah. His 21 Jump Street. That's what it's about. Um, huh? Losing weight. Yeah, because you know, in 21 Jump Street, he's like super, super thin. Yeah. I don't know how anyway. he does it. It's weird, but probably not very healthy. Anyhow. Don't. Irrelevant. Well, I mean, there are a lot of actors that do that. Oh, I, oh I know. I mean, the abuse that they put their bodies through. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think it was a role thing. I think he was just trying to. Lose weight? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I hope that's what it is. I mean, if that's what it is, then more power to him because, you know, healthy lifestyle and all that, but whatever. <laughs> okay. We'll see. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So I guess we can. Uh, just, Sorry. You're fine. Um, I guess we can move on to some mail. So the FilmBuds podcast at gmail.com is the address that you can reach us. Also at FilmBuds on Twitter and then on Facebook. And actually, both the questions we have are from Twitter. So there you go. Um, so, sweet. Yeah. So this one is. Um, or, or it's more of a message. Have you ever been on Private Twitter? Private message. What's Twitter? It's called a DM. A what? Have you ever been on Twitter, Brayden? <laughs> no. I, no. I, 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 to, I mean, I have to use Twitter all the I don't have a Twitter. I don't do the social media. For medias. someone who talks as much as I do, I don't have any of that stuff. That's very odd. I got a Snapchat and a fake Instagram. And a fake Instagram. That, a, that a, my, my friend's little sister runs, but that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. No Beyonce. <gasps> Oh, you're so lucky! I didn't think to talk about the Beyonce Coachella performances. Anyway, a question from G- our DM Twitter. <laughs> yes. So, wait, what's a DM? The Twitter DM. Direct, direct, direct message. message. Ah, gotcha. Yes. A DM here. People so slide into people's DMs. <laughs> so uh, this is from High Art Zero Zero Five. Um. <laughs> so uh, says hi, hi, phone buds. What do you think is the best way to go about dealing with the current political climate in movies? Um, should there be more and more documentaries satire about the current situation, or should there be less to make the few made more potent? Living in Australia, I don't always know um, how Americans are dealing with those issues, but was just curious to see what your perspective was. Thanks, I really have fun with the show. Thank you. I mean, Australia's got feel, some issues of its own. I feel like. Considering the 2016 election, you know, basically just happened, um, like films haven't had a chance to like kind of tackle it yet. Well, yeah, I, I feel like TV. Say, I think TV especially TV, has. Well, yeah. TV has has really lit into the the, the current administration. I feel yeah. like there's even a point where it is getting even now. It's getting oversaturated. There's yeah. just every everywhere I, I look. There's there's I mean, something I new. Seen that okay. film, yeah. documentary or yeah, fiction give it a couple or, months. Or any of that. Stuff. I mean, I haven't seen anything in terms yeah. of film that's really give it. A, give it a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it, it, I mean, it's no, it's no secret that anyone that is dealing with the arts whatsoever pretty much yeah. hates our administration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most people. I mean, Hollywood's out in California. California is about as blue of a blue state. Yeah, these days, <laughs> and people aren't happy about it. People, are, but I think a lot of it is people aren't ready to satire because I feel or satirize it because I feel Just like a lot of people yeah. are afraid mm-hmm. still, like. Not that they're going to be, you know, prosecuted or anything like that, but it's it almost is to a point in the United States at least where 
ready to joke about it. Yeah. Um, because even though we do see people making fun of Donald Trump and stuff like that, people are not happy and people are actually like kind of terrified for our country politically right now. So it hasn't reached that point yet where, you know, people want us like just kid around about it and stuff. People were mm. more concerned with just, fixing our government surviving yeah <laughs> well, yeah no literally yeah not to sound like Kourtney kardashian but there's people who are dying so yeah it's like seriously <laughs> good one there um, i yeah. think there are two things to keep in mind here first of all the uh, comparative uh, comparative to tv the production cycle on a film is exceedingly long the yeah. films that are coming out now have been in production for right. and we're probably written and got the funding and had all the actors in place and had all the production yeah, schedule prior to 2015 prior to, yeah. yeah yeah even even in the interviews where the movie seemed especially poignant right now the director like Steven Spielberg says coincidentally it worked yeah. out mm-hmm. like yeah. Just, yeah exactly so I mean there's um there's that to keep in mind plus the other thing is I don't know that the film industry really feels it can tackle yeah. <laughs> these kinds of political things right now because they're trying to get their own shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because okay. they have they're they're still dealing with the aftermath of the, the of the Me Too movement. Which yeah. is something that yeah. they really need to spend some time uh having some introspection with regard to how how the um uh the film production world, the film what is it a word I'm what is the phrase I'm looking for? But the way that women are treated within the film industry. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think they're trying to tackle that still. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cause cause so the issue is... They can't go pointing fingers at other people yeah, before they have yeah. to really Cause like think, if, think about their own uh, shortcomings. Yeah, I mean, because if it's like, here, look how bad Donald Trump is. It's like, how are you any better? Oh, he's yeah. a horrible misogynist. <laughs> well, wait, so is Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and so it's... Well, I mean, I, I think it, just in terms of the question, like, do you think it it's better whether it's now or the years to come to have a lot pointing out every single issue or it's like better just to have a few that are more well or to make it more potent in in terms of entertainment i'd rather see fewer you know quality over quantity type of thing but it would nice it would be nice to see this groundswell of of uh support against donald trump and the current administration like that would be a pleasant thing to mm-hmm. see but also something the other way oversaturation will just but minimize also at the same time though it's like the film industry is still an industry and yeah. you have to keep in mind that our country elected donald trump <laughs> and you know most of the people that are out speaking and stuff and, and you're hearing on the news and unless you're watching fox news of course or if you're you know if you're watching snl like there's a lot of disdain against donald trump but the average american voted for Donald Trump or a lot of Americans. Lot of. If if we're just putting out all these anti... You're just going to polarize people. Well, that's Exactly. It's like you need to bring people to theaters, you know. So well, that's all the thing movies. that I think is, gonna, is interesting. That's what I, what I want to say. Is it's films like Florida Project where you actually see the... the, the impact. The impact of these impact. policies. Right. Yeah. That I think is going to have more influence on people's opinions than because if you go and you 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 make somebody feel stupid for the way that they voted, right, yeah. right. Even if you disagree with it, even if if it's perhaps not the most logically well yeah. thought out sort yeah. of conclu- uh, decision, you can't make somebody feel stupid because they're just going to dig in their heels. Yeah. And exactly. Say, 
uh, oh, you're just you're just you're you're just bitter because we yeah. won, and you're you're just angry, and you're just making me. The more you make me feel this this way, the yeah. more I'm gonna pull away from you. That's why I'm interested about the new Purge movie because I feel like that does cross. Because isn't it kind of satirical? Yeah, but that crosses over to their demographic. I feel like. Or yeah, the, I feel like that. Less that the, it could go both ways, whatever. Yeah, because I feel like that is even though of course it is a bit of a sensitive kind of controversial. I feel like it kind of does have a interesting placement in in terms of the perspectives audience perspectives because it's like it's showing you what violence can lead to i mean obviously it's a extreme version but it's like someone who's poor can be completely um prejudiced against or killed just because they're an easy target and i actually do think the movie could not is going to but could have an interesting impact because I, f- I feel like it is going to appeal to both sides, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Well, I, um, something that, about Florida Project, though, that's interesting is the movie could be construed as completely apolitical. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to look into it in terms of, like, how these people got there. If you're, like, kind of savvy to it and you're thinking about it, like, it is going to lead you to thinking of it in a political sense. Well, that's, so, that's, that's I think that's kind of... It's, it's a great film because... It works on two levels because somebody who thinks about these things will think about... What was it that engendered this 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 degree of poverty? Yeah, right. And even if somebody doesn't think as critically about it, like what were what were the things uh, institutionally, social, uh, societally that resulted in this? Uh, people can see this and just have a visceral reaction to it and say, "This is this is terrible. How does this young woman not have the? Why is it that she has to resort to these things? Yeah. And even though she's, or you can be like all those people from the Chelsea who left because they were offended by her. Well, I mean, that's poverty. the thing. Is she's, 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 yeah. Well, don't by her poverty, not by anything else. Not by anything, and not by the choices that she made. No, in order to just try they don't want to watch support a poor her daughter. Yeah. They just want to. Oh my God, poor people. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. yeah, that that was was very. I still depressing. say it. Chapel Hill's part of the reason Trump was elected. Yeah, because this, the intellectual elitism. Yeah. We don't need to get into all that. That's, that's yeah, we don't need to get it into varies. all that. But you can, yeah, you can be. I mean, well, I mean, it's just in terms of film. Like, if you look at something like The Post, that it's very timely, but mm-hmm. it's so it's only going to appeal to liberals for the most part. Right. Like, if like right. if I you know I've read like customer reviews and it's like a five star. Like, this is so timely, makes sense. And then the other ones are one star. It's like complete liberal propaganda yeah. you know it's like it's almost not saying that movie's talking down to people who think differently it's just you need to be smart about how you well you i don't want to attract a broad it. audience so See, by making thing, it and i feel like the, well, and i feel like the floral project could kind of does that because it's just well, showing you the, people yeah well i mean that's a good thing about it is i mean on the second level as i was saying it's just people see that and go this is horrible how does this young woman not have the what she needs in order to to protect her child and you know, as long as somebody can put forward a policy that would appeal to those sorts of people. Oh, my God, we need to help these people. Well, here's a policy to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I mean, that's a lot of the debate that, that Democrats are having now is they're not putting forward good policy that attracts people. But yeah. that's, a, that's a political discussion. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll save it for the political buds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love buds. Australia. Please like me. Fave show from Australia. Chet Faker, one of my favorite musicians. <laughs> Maybe a uh, high art is a fan. Love Perth. Clearly, yeah. clearly loves uh, high art. So yeah. So does Cooper. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I love high art. You know. <laughs> this is a good question, though. I, I I always think about 
how the rest of the world is looking at the United States. And because I, I know that, you know, if you go anywhere in the world, you watch the news, they're going to be talking about the United States law. Yeah. Times. Um, and it, I just want to know how stupid we look. <laughs> and yeah, if, well, if everyone else is concerned or if like, I, I wonder if they we, realize that how divided our country is right now. Yeah. Over this. Well, I mean, one well, thing they're still puzzled at, Trump's election, but a lot of these Wait. European, well, a lot of these European countries are not paragons of. No. I mean, you look at the most recent election in in France, Macron did win, Nicole. yeah, but oh, she is a beast. She's a horrible person. Marine Le Pen? Oh my! Oh, her God. father is awful. She is. Her I father know. is worse. Her father was like a straight out anti semite. Like, well, I know. Yeah. Just terrible. Not just that. Everybody. Just well, anti yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah. my God. Terrible, well, he terrible, hated terrible. Anybody who's in it, who he considered immigrant was. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. In terms of other perspectives, there's a podcast I listen to that's. They, they're Canadian. Um, and occasionally they get questions about or d- discuss Donald Trump. And they're like, I mean, of course, some some of it is maybe just closed-minded, avoiding the issue. But some of them are like, that's not my country. You know, they're, they're making mistakes, but I can't do anything about that. You know, it, it's like, so I think some people are concerned while others are like, you know, I'm, that's well, I'm, I'm, that's I'm, I'm you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 it's, a, it's not, I, I didn't that's, vote for him. It's not my, I'm not living there. That's remarkably closed-minded yeah. because anything that happens in any one well, yeah, country is going to have yeah. degrees well, to well, which... First political one. activity in a certain country may or may not infect another country, but in a global society, you know, as globalized as, as the world is now, you can't. There's there's no country that can exist completely. In a oh country. right, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you I agree. Trevor Noah the whole time he was like, "This is not new. This is <laughs> where I came from. Yeah. This has been happening, I which made to, it more scary." I got to watch Trevor Noah every time I hear him talk. <gasps> oh my he's god, I love him. He used to be on a bunch of you know I like British panel shows and yeah. stuff. He used to just be on those as a comedian, and then he came out. So, oh my god, yeah, best he's thing that's ever happened. Remarkably, and they're making his. We've said this before. They're making Born a Crime into a movie with Lupita. Yeah, oh really. really? Because I mean, he came in, and I, I see John Stewart. I had known as a comic, and I, I had only heard of Trevor Noah as a comic. But the thing is, watching Daily Show with John Stewart, I went, "Wow, he's actually smart." And it's the same thing with Trevor Noah. He, he was just kind I'm of, "Oh, he's a comedian." Noah. But the, I've heard him speak on on various podcasts and so forth. And he's just obsessed with him. Really sharp in, in intelligence, mm-hmm. that guy. It's just um, really mind boggling. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it is just in terms of like some. Other people are outside the U.S. can be kind of closed-minded, like the guy I just mentioned. And so, I mean, I think it is kind of interesting how people are viewing us, or maybe viewing us. Some people are like, yeah. that I don't care. It's a Rotten Tomatoes score right now. <laughs> yeah, let's get that. The audience score there. Well, other, other people, maybe even like high art here is maybe kind of concerned, which, yeah, thank you. We all are. We all are. We're all very much concerned. Yeah. Um, and we don't like how it's coming. Or at least anybody who likes to think about things. Yeah, or how yeah, it's coming concerned. across as. Um, but, yeah, good question, though. Yeah. Um, all right, so the other one we have, much lighter fare. Okay. Um, but, What's your uh, favorite type of cake? <laughs> um, but that, Cooper's like Laffy Taffy, yeah. So this no, one's... You like zebra cake. I do. I thought candy. zebra cakes were little Debbie snacks. I don't know the... Those are little freaking dummy. That's not a horse tissue. Bobo, get out of here. Bobo? Bobo. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're good. They're like the little white (laughs) white icing, the the drizzle. That's that's little Debbie. Yeah, man. That's the good dude. 
They're fucking I'm not family. Saying, but he's saying that they were hosts. It's all the same shit. Have you seen Will Ferrell as Little Debbie? That's really funny. The snack conspiracy. It's all the same shit. Um. But yeah, Deborah. Uh, maybe we'll get a sponsor. Deborah. Deborah. Uh, my mom's name is Deborah. Really? Yeah. Fun fact. Shout out to Deborah. No, What's I'm up, just Debbie? thinking of the Beck song. Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> Casey Penny. Yeah. The one um, that, that was in Baby. Uh, Baby Driver. Baby yeah, Driver. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, but that this the other one's. Just keep. Just go. The other one's from. <laughs> that's me, Mister. Uh, <laughs> What's up? Um. <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, and it's it has X on either side. It's one of okay. those. Okay, is there a comma? Is it? No, that's comma. me, comma Mister. No, just X. Oh, okay. That's me, Mister X. All right. Yeah, Mister X. That, that's yeah. mean, Mister X. Like his name is X. <laughs> but there's one at the beginning too. No, like no, James Bond. But, no, I know that. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. is it be Mister X or Mister X? Let's spend all the time on this. Let's, let's, let's discuss his name. That's fun. I'm sorry. I know it's okay. Well, if you have an uh uh. Explanation, that's me, Mr. X, potentially. Let us know. <laughs> um, he says, hello, everybody. Have there been any movies you've ever gone from hating to loving or at least really enjoying? Also, are there movies you know you'd probably like more or appreciate on a second viewing, but you just haven't gone back to? Just curious as to what would be your choices. I got one. Henry does, too. I have, um, I have plenty. Yeah. The first time I... And you guys know how much I love this movie now, but the first time I saw Blade Runner... Um, I, I saw with a friend and my ex-girlfriend, um, and they were just ripping on the movie the whole time. Oh, no. And they were just, like, shitting on it the whole time. Like, what is it? And I remember when it ended, they were like, what was that? What is this? And oh, I'm man. like, man, maybe this is overrated. Like, I don't know. Like, and I was just, like, thinking about it a lot, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I was that into it. And they just made the viewing experience right, right, right. so horrible. Yeah. I was also watching the original cut on VHS. The theatrical release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a theatrical release on VHS, and it was, like, after, like, a night of, like, drinking. Like, we came home. So we're all kind of, like, little, little drums. Yeah, a little buzz. <laughs> and they're just shitting on it so much, I was like fuck i thought i was gonna love this movie and for like years i was just like not into it and then i watched it like a year ago the the what what it's the good cut there's the two there's the director's cut and then there's the final cut they're both they're both pretty, good. yeah, yeah. Both, i watched i watched the, the director's cut the main thing is they, it removes both. the narrative yeah, the yeah. Voiceover narrative, and i've so. seen i've seen both now those two and they're both excellent and also i i, I just I think the sound really shitty on my TV. And well, I just, it's a like, VHS, man. What are you Yeah, you're watching VHS. What do you, yeah, was, was, VHS, what do you expect? Idiot. 4K, man. But, like, <laughs> after, like, watching it, you know, a year ago and, like, understanding its themes and I just, I, I'm, like, in love with that movie. Like, yeah. I think that that that, that uh, monologue at the end, the tears in the rain. Yeah. Mon- like, I fucking. Oh, I love that movie. I literally, yeah. like, yeah. when I watch it, ever. after seeing it the first time and watching it the second time, I fucking. Cried up. My yeah. tears came cried. out in the rain. Cried up. I, I cried, teared up. <laughs> Cry up, baby. Yeah. Uh, I teared up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, now, I mean, now it's like one of my favorites. I love Same, yeah. 24 9. But I mean, I, I, I think Blade Runner is a common common one. Like, I, I saw it. I wasn't crazy about it the first time. But I was like, well, something kept on drawing me back to when it. When I saw it as a kid, it gave me nightmares. Like, yeah. the scenes towards the end where Harold Dana's... Uh, Daryl Hannah. Harold Dana. <laughs> cried up. <laughs> that's not as bad. That's not as good or bad as, as one of the other spoonerisms I've had where I said... Uh, 
It was in college, and I was drinking at a party, and I said, you speared Bill in the chips. You speared, <laughs> you speared Bill you in the chips. Oh, you spilled beer in the chips. But yeah, I think that's definitely a common one. For me, I mean, I've mentioned it a lot, but King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yeah, you've mentioned I was going to say that that was it. I, I saw it. When I saw it, I thought it was probably the worst movie of the year. What about Suicide Squad? Is that another one? No, I, I mean, no, I, I kind of like that from the get go. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm kind of. I've, I've actually kind of liked it less as I've rewatched it. Oh. I mean, I still kind of like it, but okay. But King Arthur, I thought it was atrocious. But for some reason, I decided to go back to it. Every time I've watched, it, I like it more and more. And it's kind of a, it's a guilty pleasure. It's nothing. No movie I would ever endorse as being yeah. a great piece of cinema. Right, but it's like Top Gun. Yeah, I, 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 I really enjoy it. And I, mean, I can see how someone would hate it because I've hated it also. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. War of the Worlds was one, at least when I was a kid, it scared oh, the, Yeah, they yeah. got like sucked up and all yeah. that. But now I, I really enjoy it. Um, but I know I have some others. Chloe, were there any for you? I don't know. <laughs> I tapped out. Um, it took me a lot. I'm more of the, sometimes I'll like try to start watching a movie and then I, I'm not into it. So I stop. Like even, I think I mentioned Amelie last week. I probably tried to watch that maybe seven times before I actually got past the first 15 minutes because hmm. I wasn't feeling it. I don't know, though. I was, I was that way with uh, Dolce Vita. I like, yeah. started it like, multiple times, got 30 minutes into it. wasn't I into it, but now so, it's, cray, like, cray movie. Now it's my favorite movie. I guess it does happen. That's fair. You have to be in the right mindset. It happens to me a lot with yeah. foreign movies as well. Foreign it's movies, almost definitely. like you're sitting down to like read a book. I mean, not just because you're reading subtitles, but, yeah. like, but a lot of times movies like that where it's like... It takes a lot to process. It's yeah. draining. So, which is in addition, it's better once you know the story because you can focus more mm-hmm. on the like you can miss a little bit of the dialogue. Yeah, and like, just watch. Like them. I feel like I would enjoy Call Me by Your Name on more on a second watch. Yeah. I enjoy that's a good one. I enjoyed that one more. Yeah. Chat. again. Yeah. If I, there's I, a book, I'm more likely to enjoy it when yeah. I'm further. So I, I would like to, to rewatch that. Um, Brain, were there any of you otherwise? I mean, I can't. I can't think of any. I mean, Blade Blade Runner. But that's not because I dislike it. It was because it disturbed me as a child. And then Mm -hmm. when I rewatched it as I got older, I said, "Oh, yeah." But it wasn't like I watched it, and and my cognitive processing. It wasn't as though I had the same maturity or cognitive ability. That's true. Yeah. So it wasn't. It's a drastically, drastically different sort of comparative thing there. So I don't know if that necessarily fits the, you know, on rewatching. I liked it more. I was saying with Predator. I was terrified as Predator as a kid. Now Predator's fucking sick. Are are you you excited for the new one? Is there a new one? Yeah. Shane Black? Yeah. Yeah. Coming out this year, man. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. I like the first one. I haven't seen any of the others. Oh, Oh, yeah. They're not great. Yeah. (laughs) But one's good. I don't... I mean, I can't think of any that... Any films that I watched and I went, eh. And then I rewatched it and went, wow. (laughs) I mean, there are films... There are films that I'll watch the first time and I go... Yeah, and then I rewatch and I go, eh, it's not terrible. Mm. I yeah. mean, that doesn't mean that I really enjoy it. it I can think of sit- people like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you talking about, me? No. There's, no, there's, there's a good handful of people, yeah. Sure. No, I'm, there are a lot of movies I'm, like, scared to rewatch because I liked it so much initially. That's another one from oh, that's, last that's week. Good, I have no, I have just only short-term memory. But, like, Splinterheads, I mentioned it last week. I was scared to rewatch that because I hadn't watched it since, like, I was 15, and uh-huh. I loved it so much, and I watched it, and I still dug it, so there you go. You go. Face um, your fears. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and if anyone else has any others, I mean, or personal ones, feel free to let us know. We'd like to hear from you in whatever way. 
Uh, but yeah, so that's it for mail. So thanks for the emails. Appreciate it. Um, always love hearing from people. Um, or rate us on iTunes. We appreciate it. Uh, so I guess we can just do our picks of the week. Um, I, I actually I don't have very much at all, really. Does anyone have stuff they want to mention? No. I have three, but I can only remember one right now. Okay, what is it? <laughs> I was I was sick, so I watched like all of Silicon Valley. So oh, good with uh, Camille and Johnny. And, yeah, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. All the characters are so well written. You'd think it'd be the. Who are the other guys in that? It's T. Thomas Middleditch, T.J. Miller. Um, crap! What's his real name? Tall guy. The tall <laughs> yeah. guy. Jared. The guy who's in the name. office. Yeah, the guy in the office. What's his name? I always forget his name. And yeah. then, um, then Martin Starr. Classic. I love okay. Martin Starr. I love Martin. You have to. Yeah, I've seen. I think one and a half I seasons. I feel so bad. Zach Woods. There we go. I've seen about one and a half seasons, and it's very. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, good. my best friend Kaylee stopped watching it because she thought it wasn't feminist and i said well it's realistic of like, you can't just apply that to everything it's not realistic of the there's only like seven percent women in silicon yeah, valley so. but low. they try they do their best monica's dope all yeah. the female characters are very round so you know it's really funny well done and it doesn't get repetitive despite the seemingly simple plot right times many seasons yeah it is, it is good of what i've seen i can't remember the other ones <laughs> like um, I said. let's see if i watch anything uh oh i i the only thing I got by at the same time. You go, can go. go. go I won't go. forget it. I won't. I might. Okay. <laughs> uh, I rewatched, which it's on Amazon Prime now, but uh, I rewatched Silence, the Martin Scorsese. Mm. Oh, I've been talking about that. this movie a lot recently because my, my roommate really hated it, and we've been bringing it up hmm. for whatever reason. I, I, I liked it. Well, I, I can see how pe- some people, like just certain people would not enjoy watching it, but I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I like um, the movie a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just... One of those films, I feel like even just in terms of how the Oscars kind of forgot it, it's mm-hmm. so yeah. different from what co- n- normally comes out. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. from someone like Martin Scorsese, just yeah. the story. and It highlights a lot of his influences, you can tell. Yeah, definitely. You can see some Kurosawa some stuff odes, in there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I, I, it's, the story is so interesting, and like every other scene, or just pretty much every scene, there's a new idea yeah. to think about. The performances are amazing. It looks fantastic, and it's directed and written so well. Yeah, I think um, that movie's underrated. And like, I mean, I, I can understand how some people—it's a two-hour, forty-minute um, period film that's all kind it's of up his alley. If you're going to go with one of those, it should be one of Martin Scorsese's. Yeah, um, but you know, it's all kind of just very dense, and it's at times pretty hard to watch just because it's dealing with pretty yeah relevant issues right now. Uh, but I, I absolutely. Look, Love it. It's on Amazon Prime if you haven't yeah. checked it out. Definitely an underrated Scorsese yeah, I movie. Agree. I really like the the scene when, um, and there's parallels to Rashomon in this scene, yeah. but when they're like in the courtyard and he's forced to put his, his foot down. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the, not, not thematically, but uh, that like courtyard looks near identical to um, the trial in Rashomon. Mm-hmm. Like there's like the courtyard with the low wall and stuff like that. And yeah. It looks so, so, so similar. Yeah, but the, the the whole time he he spends in the cell is brutal to yeah. watch, you know, and and goes on like intentionally for a yeah. long time. Yeah, but yeah, so that's it's a great movie. Other than that, I don't think I've really watched anything that's worth mentioning. Season Cl- two of Westworld. Count. Oh yeah, how was that? Oh, so good. We lost our minds. So excited. <laughs> I need to watch. It's so good. I've seen. Really? I just thought the first season was really 
kind of boring. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I, but I know it's like it's it's well it's really well done. But for me, I'm just not. I just wasn't into that brand of sci-fi. I guess. Mm. I've seen the pilot, and I, I really like. It. I just need to kind of. It's one of those shows I just need to keep watching. So Braden would like it. You still haven't seen it. You'd like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Braden. I think it would be up your alley for sure. Season it's, two. There was good. another. There was another series that AMC did, which was based off of a series, uh, sort of a strange sci-fi series that came out back in the sixties called The Prisoner. Oh, uh, kind of like Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been wanting to watch that as well. Oh, is that the one? No, no, no. Which one's that? Is that the one with Dakota Fanning? No. No. Oh, uh, Ian McKellen's in it. <gasps> yeah. I'm in. <laughs> and, uh, Jim Jim Caviezel. Ian McKellen's all I need. And I'm in. There's a few few other people. It's, it's all British cast, but it's it's an interesting concept. It's a guy wakes up uh, in like in a, prison. Wakes up on a in a village just out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody can actually leave this village. Nobody has any memory of of who they are. I'm where in. They came from. I'll watch it, especially if it's based on something. Yeah, that's based been, on a. TV series. There's so, been I mean, a trial run. This one will be better. Yeah, this it didn't really get a good critical response, but I kind of don't care. I just yeah. love those strange 60s sci-fi me things. Me too, me too. You, hmm. It's hard to find that stuff, but, you know, people are sort of remaking them now, yeah. uh, which is Westworld, and mm-hmm. then you had The Prisoner mm-hmm. a few years back. Yeah. Cooper? Um, Cooper? Anything? Oh, okay. No, I was. I haven't even watched it. I haven't been watching a damn thing. I've, been, <laughs> I've, I've put in eighty something hours at the friggin' Chelsea the Oof. past few weeks. Woof. Yeah, so I'm I'm working myself to the bone here. Yeah. So I haven't had time to watch jack shit. No, no problems there. So yeah. I finished this new season of Chef's Table, um, which we talked about. I've talked about a little bit already. So yeah, that's good. Great the 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 first episode wasn't that interesting but it got progressively better as the season went on there's only four episodes but this the final episode <laughs> the final two episodes are insane they're hmm. they're so cool there there's some culinary feats there's a guy that infuses cigar smoke into ice cream and hmm. it's apparently really good and it's like i don't know there i've just like realized that like i started watching that show like it was just like reality tv but now it's like actually one of my favorite shows hmm. like um it has completely convinced me that like that food can be a form of art. Yeah. And it's like challenging the way I think about food. Like there there's some stuff on there that um it's like this doesn't necessarily taste good, but um it it, it just like any other form of art, or, like movies right. or like it it can make you uncomfortable, it can challenge you and um it's interesting. It's just yeah. such a well done show and it's um and it's it's changed the way I've thought about food. And these are places I'll never eat at because I'm poor. You but, don't know. Um, <laughs> just watching the and all and the thing is, what's so crazy about it is, so each episode focuses on a chef, and these people aren't trained to speak and stuff like that. They're trained to cook, but they're all so eloquent, and the way that they speak about their food um, is is kind of amazing. Because you'd think that they'd just be like, "Yeah, I make this food. It's good." <laughs> but the way they speak, it's like they, they seem like. You know, they're like they're, they're professionals, you know, and in mm-hmm. every sense of the word. So I have a lot of respect for the people on that show, and um, yeah, it's, it is, it's it's become one of my favorite shows for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it is. I mean, it can make a difference. I mean, and of course, I, I know I'm going to bring this guy, but you know, it's my favorite. But someone like Billy Joe Armstrong, yeah, who's the Green Day lead singer. We know. <laughs> um, well, not everybody, but um, you know, you'll listen to a song of his that's so coarse and and loud, or and then he'll have this incredibly eloquent 
um, idea or, or, or discussion on politics, yeah. you know, or, or just a, a kind of situation in life that he's dealing with. Yeah. Um, just in an interview. And so it's like stuff like that, that can be so almost disorienting at first where you're like this really sweet song or this really horrible thing that you're saying. And the person can be completely different yeah. behind it, you know? So it's interesting. People, yeah. People are three dimensional. Yeah. There you go. It, it can make a difference. So, um, but yeah, I, I can't recommend that show enough. Um, and I mean, I'm someone that paid no attention to food prior to this, and yeah, it's really I, cool. I do, I do really want to watch it. You so. should, you should really watch it because if you've seen, have you seen Hero Dreams of Sushi? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just that, but sure. like tons of episodes. You've watched it all, right? Yeah. Do you you agree with the things I'm saying, or do you think that? It can, Except for pronunciation. Jiro, Jiro, whatever, whatever. Sorry, my bad. I mean, I've I've been into sort of food culture for a while yeah you're a foodie i mean kind of but not really uh i enjoy good food but after a while the whole food snobbery thing and the weird it's it's like it's like the art or the art and the fashion worlds yeah where there's there's the functional stuff that people generally deal with and then there's this whole other heightened subculture uh, rarefied sphere of mm-hmm. people who this is, you know, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Like their entire existence is predicated on the fact that that there's this little niche within yeah. fashion, within art, within whatever yeah. that nobody else gives a shit about. But I think it's cool that those things can exist, especially yeah. with food work. Like fashion and art are inherently like snobby, you know, like right. especially, yeah, well, especially art. Is food is right. turning that way as well. But but I'm saying like, I, I think that that's cool that they've taken something that we just view as sustenance, like uh, like I'll just go eat a burger for lunch and like that, but like people have turned it into this this high art, well, which I, think, I, I guess think can get kind of pretentious, but I yeah. think it's also cool that this, this medium exists. It's fascinating to see some of the things that they do. I mean, it's obviously very creative, I mean, but that's why I like the one episode that you like the least, I like the most. The one where it's just like good food. Where it's the just simple. She likes to play with simple themes like yeah. childhood cake and cereal and Ooh, cereal. You know, yeah. so like she makes she makes a cereal cake. It's really it's really kind I'm of in. fascinating. Yeah. And it, but I mean her just her her approach to it is I want to make food that looks approachable. That's that 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 strikes a chord in you in terms of the whimsy that you had yeah. as a child. Mm-hmm. And I mean some of the stuff. Uh, Jordy Roco, the one you're talking about, who makes the 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 what is it night in cuba or whatever it's called with the cigar flavored ice cream and all that i mean that's fascinating that's a really interesting idea is that necessarily something that i would want to no not necessarily but that's what i'm like i'm saying that it 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 is it's it has i I like how food has more of a purpose than just oh this tastes good this is something yeah you know what i mean so the same like like we've been talking a lot about this new sleep album, you know, like yeah. there, there's parts of that that are like, it, like it's really dissonant. It's like, you know, it's like pretty offensive sounding, but you still like it yeah. for, you know? So I just think that like people I, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's like, it is kind of the idea of, um, just like, almost like we were talking about with you were never really here and Johnny Greenwood's score. Right. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's not a pleasing score to listen to, but it's still, mm. You can't help but well, think to about it. it you I mean, know? I, 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 I keep thinking about certain films, and again, I appreciate what they're doing. That doesn't mean that they're making stuff that I 
like. No, but I can appreciate at least that they're pushing boundaries, which is what I, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, with Darren Aronofsky, and we keep going back to Mother, <laughs> I didn't like it, but at least he was trying something. Yeah. He Hell was yeah. pushing Hell boundaries. Yeah. He was he was pushing past the envelope. Yeah. And it wasn't the best thing, best way to do it, but he was trying. Yeah. And, um, which I, like, I, I definitely appreciate hearing that. Yeah. You know, because I, mean, I understand, like, not for everyone, but, like, as long as you can see that, you know, this man took an insanely high budget from a big studio and, like, yeah. tried something new. Whether it failed or not is another question, but the yeah. fact that he still did that, like, that's, I think that that's well, impressive. What, that's, I mean, that's what I like about watching these food shows. These are places that I would never, given the choice, I would not eat there. Yeah, same. I wouldn't I spend mean, $500. Maybe, to, maybe once, like maybe that. once I, I would like to it. eat somewhere like that. Just, just, just oh, yeah. to try it. I don't get it. But that's, that's okay. Fair. My dad, my stepdad, and my mom and my sister all really appreciate it. So I usually just give them my my portion. Have, have a bowl of raisin bran. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd want to try it just to just to try it, just to say I've, I've had yeah. the experience. I'd have yeah. that that balloon thing. What was it ice cream balloon or something? No, it was a sugar balloon. The oh, Alenia yeah. sugar I'd, balloon. I'd, I'd try that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, given the choice between that and just a really good steak, I'd rather just have a really good steak free. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, the, you know, the experiential aspect of it is, yeah. what is alluring. Like a once-a-year type thing. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, but, you know, this wouldn't, you know, go into my, my rotation of restaurants. I'm right. talking no. about, where do you want to go eat tonight? Oh, let's go to a place with a fucking cigar-flavored ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, that's yeah. cool. But um, my other pick of the week um, is someone that's outside movies is a oh. video game. Oh, but I think it's it's relevant to talk. This might be about. the first video game. Uh, yeah, plug. Uh, yeah. Very popular game coming out. I'm sure you guys have seen stuff for it. But the, the God, the new God of War. <laughs> oh game. yeah, man. Uh, and I bring it up because I think that it is uh it is a landmark video game in in video game to be more and more like film. And I think that hmm. it's the game is set up in such a way that it's all one shot. Where wow. the game starts, you, you, the title screen is there, and you're looking at a tree, and it says tap the R1 button, and he cuts down the tree, and then from there, the camera pans back, and it's on his back, the main character's back. It's a 30-hour game, whole time. It, there's no cuts. It's wow. just following this character, and it doesn't sacrifice any gameplay. The gameplay's great, but and it's super well-acted. You know, the, It's all motion-captured, and they did the motion-capturing simultaneously with the voice capturing between the two it's a it's a man and his son um and it's very well acted voice acting is incredible and it's uh it's more than just more than just fun yeah Mm -hmm. and and the same way movies can be dumb fun video games can definitely be dumb fun yeah there's there's tons of games that i play just because they're mindless and fun and entertaining and stuff but um I think this will be a game along with games like Last of Us. Yeah, that will be uh, pointed to as video games well, can, can exist outside this realm. There's a of, game that came out a few years back, which was I think is similar. It got a lot of similar sort of praise. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's probably my favorite video game. Yeah, so. yeah, that that's, that's definitely one. Very similar in that sense. That um, very cinematic. Very cin, and I got got a war even more so, um, just because it's. Red Dead Redemption is kind of open world. You can kind of do right. what you want and stuff. But, there, you know, there are cutscenes that are very well acted and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But God of War is more of a linear experience where you are just following these characters and everything is, um, like, super well choreographed and things like that to where it's it just feels like you're watching a movie, but you're playing it too. So, 
as wow. an evolving new medium of entertainment, I think that video games are getting inching closer yeah. and closer to. Yeah, I had, I had I had heard of the game, but I, I didn't know that was done in that way. You so get your cool. PlayStation, man. I know. I, I, my coffee. I know. I gotta get it. Gotta get it back. Yeah. I think you'd like it. So. Um. Well, cool. Uh, anything else for y'all? No. Chloe, did you say your three? Yeah. No, I said two. Okay. I don't remember the other one. Say that you can save that. Oregon one. Trail. That's the closest thing to a video. <laughs> <laughs> Classic game. Classic game. Yeah. Well, we're coming full circle with the dysentery in Oregon Trail and, and, the, and the pooping on the floor. Yeah. Right the, Dis- of the show. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? Someone pooped oh, on oh, the floor. Oh, Brain. Oh, yeah. Brain, you weren't here Someone for that. Someone pooped on the floor in Cup of Joe, so, or whatever. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, in the bathroom. On the floor. On the floor. I didn't see it. Uh, Jillian had to clean it up, though. On the floor. On the floor. Directly. This was a direct <laughs> message to for Somebody <laughs> taking issue with your store? Or this, is this, this somebody be... like a little kid? No, this, this, this is the thing. I immediately thought of that episode of The Office. Yeah. Where someone poops in Michael's office. This <laughs> could be a hate that. crime. It could be a hate crime. <laughs> you know? But um, also probably not. Yeah, oh, probably not. Could be a, you know, but I'm sure it was just a simple misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Misplaced. Oh, this isn't a toilet. This is the fucking floor. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if any developments happen with that. We'll see. Yeah. We'll get the poop salutes on. Yeah, I'll be, back, I'll be back there starting tomorrow, so I'll, I'll be around. I'll for be there tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, true, yeah. Well, I haven't had. I'll keep my ear, to, oh, my nose to the ground. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't be keeping your ear. Yeah. yeah. Um, We've had issues like that at the Chelsea, but that, I mean, it's disgusting. You can chop that to the actually, huh? You can chop yeah, that well, to the geriatric issues, which is embarrassing and awful, and I feel bad for people yeah. that have that, but... No buds. I have fine. to, no, I have to deal with their <laughs> aftermath. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever gone into a bathroom and seen, like, finger-painting Jackson Pollock, oh, you, think, you think I'm joking. Yeah, no, that's happened. Wait, at the Chelsea, though? Yeah. Really? My... Mm-hmm. One of it's our, happened two or three times in the in the several years I've been back wow. there. One of our family friends he had, like was a um, teacher at Chapel Hill for a long time, and he had to deal with a lot of that. He got yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing prior to him mentioning it. Huh? No, I mean seriously, it was like a different you know, world. You know, stuff smeared on the walls, <clears throat> all over the Very toilet. Very strange. <laughs> hmm. Someone sending a message. Anyhow, <laughs> I guess that about brings us to the end of the show. We're a little bit, I guess, shorter than we uh, usually are, but nothing wrong with that. That's probably a good thing for m- most people. I don't know. Uh, we're right at about oh, two hours. I remember mark. my other one. Can I say it? Yeah. Jonathan Mendes from Queer Eye has a podcast, and it's dope. What's it called? See the hair guy. Get it? Yeah. It's yeah. called Getting Curious. I love him. I think yeah. we're quite. I think we're similar personality types, <laughs> but um. It's called Getting Curious, something. But he basically just takes topics he knows nothing about and invites someone to come hmm. tell him. And it's a refreshing, like, openness with, like, yeah, especially in, I guess, that kind of realm. It's like, I don't know anything about this. And he asks, like, real questions, not to sound smart. Like, hmm. it's not pompous That's at interesting, all. because which is like most people like to present it, you know, I'm an expert. Yeah, exactly, and he's the opposite, which I, which I love. Like, Start with the B one. So much to know. My we, mind was blown. We, we should get that. Uh, and I've B kept. I didn't know any of this. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, we should get uh, that guy Drew on the Alien Hunter. <gasps> I love on the Drew. show to talk about. You know, there's a guy who always he's in Joe Van Gogh all the time. Sometimes he loves. He's, he loves my family. He's the, he's the taller guy. Yeah. Has has gray short hair. 
um, usually has a cut like a customer cut. Yeah, yeah, I know. He always gives me fruit. Yeah, yeah. he is like a um. What's his exact? Do you know his exact? We're not. It doesn't matter. Okay, doesn't matter. Um, he's a scientist. He, he's a scientist. He's a cool said. scientist. But we should, we should. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think he might people. be. If the doctor is real in whatever paradigm, it's him from Doctor Who. Oh. Okay. I think Drew might be the doctor. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, we should start just getting random people, uh, like... Keep me down. Frequent customers from the... the he and my sister see each other at work all the time. Be cool. Okay. Yeah. I can call Gemma and she'll Yeah, if anyone listening would like to come on that is around <laughs> here, please let us know. Person so. from Australia. Yeah, if you're ever in the... Uh, over. We can you use our film bud puns. No, yeah. we, have, we got the... We have funds. Yeah. Yeah, they can take the free chapel hope. The war chest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That we acquired on our last purge. Yes. (laughs) Criterion uh, purge. Yeah. Starring Rudy Mara. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, cool. Um, Well, I guess that about brings us to the end of the show. So, we hope you enjoyed it. And, but, so next week, gonna be doing Infinity War. Uh, Not sure about the retro review. We can figure out something. Um, uh, Cooper, as yeah. always, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks for Rock having on. me. Rock on. Rock on. Rock <laughs> on. Throwing up the horns. Uh, uh, Braden and Chloe, I'm always, ha- thanks to y'all for always taking the time out. <laughs> he was going to say, always happy to see, took it back. Always <laughs> happy to see you. happy to see you. <laughs> always happy to see you. Uh, and thanks for taking the time, so. You're a perpetual thorn at my side? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else? Nope, that's it. Bye-bye. Bye. Tom. Yeah. Tom. <laughs>